Hello and welcome to the Electronic Gaming Mostly, Mostly. Podcast. The cast, cast. I am the no-name streamer and this is Gambler. If this is your oh, first man. time listening, you don't know what you're missing. Hours and hours of us <laughs> bitching about video games and politics. Mostly video games. Yeah. Mostly. Anywho. Political video games. <laughs> there's not a whole lot to talk about this week, but we're gonna make up shit to talk about. Which is our That's right. personal. We're gonna issues. get upset over nothing. And other things that are something. There. Let's see. There I still haven't uploaded the most recent podcast. I was gonna do that last Sunday, so I'm a week late. Well, you I'll know, just... you talk about it on the podcast and people don't know what the fuck you're talking about because you upload them in an order, so it's like Well, they're still like, in the correct order. But I just forget. So people are like, what is that? That has no relevance to me because I've watched it. <laughs> well, I'm th- I'm letting them know. You're going to see two oh. uploads today, and one of them is going to be last week's. And you should definitely listen to both of them. That is, of course, assuming that you're listening on day one. <laughs> if, if otherwise, well, this is not related to you. Sorry. I mean, who who's not subscribed at this point? Uh, Losers. What it six, six, seven Complete billion people and other to this failures. I'm surprised to listen to with complaining whom? about me. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking bitch. Did so, you know that Alyssa Milano was totally sexually assaulted? Does she know that? Yeah, she. Then I mean, that's her claim to fame or something. No, she was at a pop concert and the people said, get closer to her. The pop singer who's, she's not going to name that's super popular on uh, that. She was at their, their thing as a teenager. He said, get closer to her. It's definitely talking about her and definitely said that. Uh, That's how you know it's real because you know, the pop singer could tell exactly who she was. From the from the stage, but also not to make it too much about her, uh, because Alyssa Milano is a very humble person. Yeah, she's, um, she's the best at being humble. She's so she's way better humble. at being humble than she's everybody else. Most humble celebrity on the planet. She's so humble. Uh, but not to make it too much about her. But uh, then what happened? And this is where the real assault begins, my guy. Turns out somebody behind her will put their hand up her skirt. And that is absolutely reprehensible behavior. Oh, that's it. That's the end of her story. Oh. She she needs to. You know, I was at a party in college once and someone grabbed my ass. I still don't know who it was. I wish I did. I'd get their number. (laughs) (laughs) But that's sexual assault, and that's wrong. And I'm sure the story continued on, but I couldn't bother to listen any further. Well, that's that's why you're part of the problem. Well, it was one of those things where they all these women gather around each other, and the one with the microphone says the story, 
three to four lines at a time and then the women repeat what they what the person is saying as if i don't i don't know i guess it gives it more power or something i don't know I have, well <laughs> i have nothing to say about that because this is the first i've heard of it but yeah it sounds like a cult yeah i thought that too until i realized that my white male privilege just makes me not oh, understand Oh, right. I things. always forget about that. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, live and learn, I guess. Well, let's put a pin in that and uh, let's talk about gaming and stuff. And then and then we'll move on to that shit. I also realized that I forgot to fill a pin my in. coffee. So I'm going to kind of wind you up and let you go for a minute or two. And then I'll be back. Whatever that means. <laughs> Fucking, even this this fucking guy. I'm only here for half of every podcast. You, like I just come back and I say, huh, right. It's really true. Yeah. It's, yeah. What you said, Gabler, I agree. <laughs> I don't have Monty to rip off of this time. That's the problem. So I guess what we'll do He'll is show up an coffee. hour in. <clears throat> why you, why you, uh, well, I'm just going to give the, uh, the, well, the content creator updates, and then we'll we'll talk about something gaming. Well, I was going to say you could go get your coffee, and we can have a moment of silence for uh, Joe Biden. And there it was. <laughs> Did you get your coffee? <laughs> no, you're missing Why? these Did opportunities. He, pass away. <laughs> I mean, a second time. I just, I really just want to imply that he died or something, and then just move on with it. I want somebody out there to have to go Google it, yeah. and then hopefully they just see Joe Biden saying some stupid shit. And you just look, you know, pull up a picture of his face. Like, oh my god, yeah, he doesn't look too good towards the end there. Oh. <laughs> Is this the before or the after photo? It's the. Is this before or after? <laughs> oh no! Go to Joe three o three o. Someone should remix oh, that. Three o no. oh, three three walk 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 three 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 o oh, oh. <laughs> I, I mean, I and how do you make Joe Biden more hip? You don't. You kill him. <laughs> you remix everything. Being dead is the hip thing, kids. All right. Well, first of all, you may have noticed I got a new microphone. And because I got a new microphone, I felt like I needed to put it to good use. So I started streaming again for about four days back on Twitch. So I'm over at twitch.tv slash the night terror, same as it was. But that is subject to change. And that's also not going to happen until Tuesday because my, uh, my internet sucks. I got about four days in and all of a sudden I can't stream without dropping like 80% of my frames and we can talk about how much uh, spectrum sucks and I have no other options. I thought I had like an AT&T yeah. option <laughs> that would just slow my speed down. I don't even have that. I literally can't oh get any type of internet except for spectrum. So that sucks. Well, you know, they don't call it rectum for a reason. <laughs> They're so full of shit, dude. Like, I called them up, and they're like, well, we do see a signal issue. 
I'm like, okay, that sounds like a generic tier one tech support excuse to send someone out here to try to figure out what's actually wrong, which they won't. I've been through this my, before. <clears throat> my but, favorite encounter with Spectrum was Can I finish when, my encounter go ahead, first? Go ahead. I thought you were done, but you said, but go ahead. <clears throat> uh, I've, I've just, I've been through this before. 15 techs came out. They finally had to bring out the crazy Russian dude from the basement who came and figured everything out. But it's the same shit. And, and like, now that I know there's an issue, because I knew the internet was slow and my wife called him, but didn't want to like get all involved with COVID going on. But you know, now that I think back to these past couple months, when I'm, when I'm working and I'm trying to do a video call that constantly tells me my internet's unstable. I thought that was zoom sucking or me having to go through the company VPN. But apparently that was me. Like when we were playing fallout and sometimes I just stop for like a second and a half, like the game just, I thought that was like something loading in. Eh, probably mm. not. I mean, do you experience that? Like just periodically your game just hangs game for like a minute from- or a second and a half. Uh, I don't know if that's a good game to reference off of because for me personally, uh, Fallout kind of runs like shit. You know, I'll, it's well, very common. Yeah, me too. <clears throat> it's very common for me to um, stutter a lot of times. So, well, I'm just thinking back to all the things I do on the internet when I'm watching YouTube throughout the day, like the, the voice and the video get out of sync. And, uh, yeah, it's just all these things. It's like, yeah, this has probably been a problem the whole time, but for the, you know, last week or two, at least I can stream, but now I can't. So I'm trying to use this excuse. Like, look, I work from home. Can you, is there anything you can do? So, you know, after this whole issue of me trying to stream and that now working, we had a complete outage and, uh, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that they knew that I knew that there was an outage. So I requested mm-hmm. that they call me when it was over and they didn't. But the next day they started texting me. I've gotten no less than five texts asking if I want to cancel my appointment on Tuesday. Like, no, just because you fixed your outage doesn't mean my problem is solved. You assholes. Are you sure? <laughs> so I was gonna, I was just going to let it go, but I called them back. Cause I'm like, look, I can't have my internet going completely out while I'm trying to work. You know, like being shitty is acceptable until you can send someone out until Tuesday. So I called them up again and they're, you know, they give me the whole fucking run around where like, well, we're not going to be able to really do anything until we have a tech sent out there. And I'm trying to explain to them, like, look, look at my record from like a year ago. I've had 15 people out here and this is the same problem. Insane packet loss. So I'm just asking you, please. Can I talk to a supervisor when you send someone out? And they're like, yeah, hold on. I'm like, no, 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 wait, hold on. I'm not asking for your supervisor. Listen to the words that I'm saying. Okay. When you send out a tech, don't send out guy who's been there for three weeks. Who's going to swap out a couple caps and a couple cables and call it a day. I want someone who has a little bit more experience than that. Like I said, last time you guys fixed this, you send out two techs, the tech supervisor and the crazy Russian dude. That's what it took to fix it. So I'm just asking you, let's not, don't waste my time. I don't want to waste yours. Just please. I need this fucking fixed. I work from home now for real. I'm not just saying that because I work from home. I'm a streamer, but no one wants, you know, whatever. Now I actually have a work from home job. And they're like, well, there's really nothing we could do. So they really got me by the balls. I like, there's nothing I can do. That's how it works. It just fills me with a righteous fury. 
like I wish there was something I had over them. Like, hey, I'm going to cancel my service with you and go with Windstream. But I'm going to kill your can't. entire family. <laughs> yeah. Good work. And I try to be at least nice to the people I'm talking to because they're just fucking taking phone calls. You Listen, know, you Indian I, fuck. Even last time. Family no, actually, <laughs> three three out of the four were not Indian. Or if they were, they were very good at their American accent. But last time this, this happened, I actually long. told them. I'm like, look, I'm just going to get this out there right up front. I am pissed at Spectrum. But I know it's not your fault personally. But I know this is being recorded. And I am not happy. <laughs> Something along not. those lines. They don't give a shit. All like if they're gonna inconvenience me, I'm gonna call and inconvenience them. I'm like if they're not gonna fix it on their own accord, I'm just gonna make them waste so many tech trips to the point where it's just not worth it to keep screwing me over. It's like just fix so the fucking internet. Gas. I mean, I'm lucky. Monty's internet provider like actually charges him. Like if they come out and determine there's nothing wrong, what? they get charge him like seventy bucks. What? Yeah, what? fucking ripoff, right? Hello, is this real life? What the fuck, dude? Abort. If yeah. you're in, if you're in Minnesota, abort. All right, get the fuck out of there. <laughs> fucking terrible. So, so that's Holy the situation. Shit. If you if you're listening to the podcast and you're you're interested in in streaming. And watching the stream, which you should be, because the stream is like this, only, you know, with a visual element. Well, um, only you can feed, you can immediately respond instead of doing what you're doing now where you're fucking pissed off because you want to say yeah, something. You can argue us. in real time. You want to disagree. And, you, and we can fuck. ban you from the chat in real time. No, I'm just kidding. Exactly. <laughs> and we will ban you from the chat. No question about it. So things are a little bit different since the last time I streamed. I, I'm doing the webcam again. Uh, there's no green screen. I got a nice little light strip and stuff like that. So it's it's a it's a very nice experience. And you should come you should come join. Very join us. experience. <laughs> right now it's Fallout seventy six, uh, Modern Warfare, World of Warcraft sometimes, and uh, I was gonna do Death Stranding. We'll talk about that when I get back from coffee but I'm kind of done with Death Stranding. I'm sorry. Listen, you got to finish it. It's just one of those things like where... You can't... Well, like, okay. Like first any all, Kojima game, you got to finish. First of all, it doesn't game capture. I can only do monitor capture. When I monitor capture, yeah. the stream goes down to like 20 frames per second, and I start it's stuttering all off. over the place. Well, maybe if they don't fix the internet on Tuesday, maybe I'll be bored enough to play Death Stranding, but uh, I'm going to go grab well, some coffee. Monday... <laughs> <laughs> I can do I'm it. I'm not going to be able to finish it on Monday. I'm still in the second area. There's only three areas. I know. Well, I know. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm probably a little bit more than halfway through the game, which means I'm going to have to put another 10 to 15 hours into it. And I just don't want to do that. I don't know if that's even true. Like, you got like maybe four hours. Left. It depends on where you are in the second area. What was the last thing you did? I just got the mission where they want me to go back to the distribution center and then up north and then around the mountain to the west. Yeah, After the cool. cutscene where they tell me, and then it gets tricky. I'm like, great. And then it gets 
anyway, I could say a lot about that, but what do you want to talk about for the next uh, two minutes? Well, I can give you my uh, spectrum experience, but I don't know if you'd want to lose out on that story, although I have told you this story before. <laughs> why don't you, uh, why don't you uh, talk let me about, tell you about what you think about Death spectrum. Stranding? I tell you about my spectrum. And I will be story. right back. Count it down. One, yeah, 120 go, seconds go. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. 15. All right, I'm not going to count the whole fucking way, but he's got to think that we did. He won't he won't listen back to the podcast anyway. So when he gets shit, we got to he said 120 seconds. Okay. What I, what I have to do is uh try and start counting as soon as he gets back, but I have no way of knowing when he gets back. Shit, we'll just try to pick up where we left off. Uh what? 50. 51, 52, 53, 54, 55, 56, 57, 58, 59, 60. Okay, how much dead air do I need to edit out? Oh, we got to 61 seconds. Oh my god, you actually counted? Why not? <sighs> That's what you said to do. I wasn't talking <laughs> to you. I was talking oh. to the listener. But hey, cool. 60, 60 something seconds of Gabler counting. That's Did you at least use a voice look. effect? No. I didn't think that far god ahead. Damn it. Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> Best podcast on the internet. Very professional. Anyway. Death Stranding. No, what no, no. What, do you, what do you have to say? Oh, yeah. Hey, you have a Spectrum story. When I used to have Spectrum before I upgraded to the fantastic Windstream, who I've had zero problems with and constantly get great speeds, I had to deal with spectrum tech support and boy was it retarded so one time i call him up because i'm having trouble i'm i'm seeing across the board that i'm not getting what i'm paying for i'm paying for a certain i'm paying for like a hundred down this is what they had back then i'm paying for a hundred down uh and this is after i was on some kind of like grandfathered in fucking time warner program or something like that because that's who we had before spectrum bought them out so i'm like you know not getting what i'm supposed to i i i've gotten a hundred down before you never get what you're supposed to get let's be honest right well i had a hundred down okay and then the the merger starts to happen and shit and things start getting iffy and my theory was that more people started you know once a merger happens they're all their fucking customers are coming on to similar blocks or something like that. Like it's a, you know, I, I don't know what the fuck they're doing over there, but somehow the service got worse when the big company bought out the smaller company, believe it or not. And I'm not just saying that 
It's legit what happened. Come at me about it. Anyways, so these motherfuckers, okay, start throttling me down or whatever the fuck it is they do to where I'm not hitting the 100 down that I previously was, okay? So I'm trying to, I try, I call them, and this is during the period where you were having your problems too. We, we start talking about this idea of calling them until it, relentlessly until they just do a thing. So I call them and I get this guy that, hello, my name is J- John or Dave or something like that. Uh, just the most white sounding fucking name, name Chuck. but he just sounds like his name should be, I don't know. What, it's, what can it's I say? Their customer sounding? service alias. They all fucking do it. Yeah, whatever. whatever. I'm just, listen, just this yeah. little sidebar. I don't have a problem with them outsourcing their call center. It's just that I, what I, what I really hate is the way they talk to you because they're reading from a script. They're like, okay, what does what does your what does your address? What is your service address? Uh it's blah 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 one one twenty three fourth street, you know, whatever. Like, okay, thank you for giving me that information. Every time you give them information, thank you for giving me that information and we are here to help and we are going to do okay, whatever. Yeah, just great. talk to me like I'm a Get human. On with it. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ, you Get might as well just have it automated. It. Right? So I got Dave, and I'm talking to Dave from fucking Oregon or whatever he's pretending to be from. Okay, so what is what is seems to be the problem? Okay, here's what it seems to be the problem, Hashish. Okay, I uh, and I'm being nice to him in the beginning. I didn't say that what I thought about saying, but that's yeah, immediately hostile, and then you're surprised when they don't help. <laughs> listen, listen here, fuck face. Listen, I'm paying for internet. Human. And you're not giving me the internet that I'm paying for. I'm going to murder your entire fucking family. Unless you get someone out here to fix my fucking internet. Bitch. Why why don't they like me? They never want to help. I am perfectly reasonable in my yelling and threatening. This is America. This is America. This is America. Yeah, exactly sorry. Go ahead. Like. Continue. <laughs> exactly what happened. So, anyways, I'm sitting there and uh, talking to him and telling him my problem. And my problem is I'm not getting what I'm paying for, and that's that's quite upsetting for someone like me because I I like the notion of I give you money, you give me service. And there's no need to have any in-between stupidity where that doesn't happen. Uh, But for some reason, this company decided, no, that doesn't sound like a fair exchange. So I'm telling him, look, I'm supposed to be getting this. Instead, I'm getting that. And he goes, okay, well, let me look at it. You know, they do all the, just like you fucking said, they're just... Uh, what is, I mean, uh, okay, it's to the me, point where I have to qualify my call. They're like, what seems to be the problem? Here's the problem. Here's what you've come out and fixed before. I've already rebooted the modem. I've already bypassed the router. <laughs> Let me I've, tell you what. <laughs> I've done all the things you're about to tell me to do. So why don't we just skip to the part where you actually try to help? Yeah, so I'm going through the typical shit where they're just like, okay, let me ask them, get some information from you so we can make, so we can fix your problem, Okay. All right. So of course he comes back and he's like, "Okay, what is your uh, what what is your uh, making model on your uh, modem modem?" 
Okay, it's a Motorola, whatever the fuck. You know, it's a, I, I tell them what it is and shit. And this is a fucking... Now, the shit that they want to give you is like a fucking $20 modem. And they want you to fucking pay like whatever fucking amount. Like, a, it's like $10 a month or something like that. Add it on to your bill. That's That's $120 in a year. And they fucking bought this thing for like 15 bucks, okay? If even from a fucking wholesaler. And I've got a Motorola that I paid 70 something dollars for from Amazon. I mean, and you, this, fucking... you, you know, this is true because w- whenever they come and need to replace your modem, first of all, they replace your modem, even if they don't need to, like they don't even bother right. testing. They're they just like, well, maybe replace the modem will do something. It's always a different modem. It's usually a different manufacturer that you've never heard of. <laughs> Who's heard of UBE? Like, Ubi. yeah, fucking break. Ubi. <laughs> Ubi. <laughs> it's it's probably just a fucking hamster on a hamster wheel inside of a plastic case. Let's be right. honest. From India. So anyways, I'm like, okay, listen. Here's the make and model of my fucking shit and all that. And he's like, okay, what? Thank you for answering the question and helping the process along. I'm going to uh, take a look at something and I'll talk to you in a moment. Okay. Right, right. Yeah, so followed by this, 30 seconds of... Now, this fucking genius thinks that he's talking to your average Hillary Clinton supporter, okay? I'm fucking... I've been on the internet for a long-ass time. I know what the fuck I'm doing when it comes yeah, to computers. Like, I'm, I'm no networking professional, but I know the basics. I know how the process works. I know when I'm being honey-dicked. I know when I'm being fucking bullshitted by people. I mean, and the thing is, is like the last time I had internet issues, and I'm going to let you finish. Last time I had internet issues, Salamoney, who God rest him. If you're out there somewhere, Salamoney, I miss you. Rest in peace. <laughs> but you know, he, um, he's a tech dude and you know, like any good tech person, he's Googled all the best solutions. So he, he let me onto this little program that'll monitor in real time your internet activity. And, you know, I don't know how to read everything. You know, it's like Cypher reading the matrix code. Like, I just see this and that, and that's about it. I don't even see that. Burnett, Bradhead. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I see all these things that are highlighted in red, and, you know, I narrow it down to packet loss. And I don't know much, but I know that red is bad, and you don't want red lines showing up. You want want all white lines. No red. Mm. So when, when they, when they show up, I'm trying to help as best I can. I'm like, look, I'm not going to draw conclusions. I'm going to give you more data. Here's this program. This is showing you my internet activity in real time. And you can see the packet loss. Now check this out. This is my streaming software. Anyone can download this and be uploading in about 30 seconds. Now I'm going to hit go live. Boop. All right. You see all these drop frames. Okay. So you can see that there's packet loss. Also, Here's Call of Duty. In the game, at the top, it says packet loss. And it'll tell me a percentage of how many packets are dropping. And as you can see, it's consistently dropping packets. So the problem is packet loss. And they're like, well, I don't see anything wrong on my meter. Like, What meter? You're in India. (laughs) Well, no, I mean when they come out and hook their shit up. Oh, whatever. Uh, Your meter's sucks (laughs) but i mean like i don't know much and i know more than these people they they have been trained to come out plug in their doodad 
swap a cap and a cable and call it a day. I don't need that guy. I, I need the job. crazy fucking Russian dude who fixes yeah. shit. Last time this guy, okay. the whole team left. This dude came back, rang my doorbell. He's like, I had an idea. Give me five minutes. He goes out to my cable box and he's like, uh, yeah, all your neighbors apparently have AT&T and AT&T just been plugging in your cable line. So I just unplugged them all and locked the box. I'm like, awesome. And that fixed the fucking problem. I bet you you AT&T came back out here, fucking cut the lock off the thing, and it's the same fucking problem. And I'm going to have to call 20 times to get Yuri back out here. God damn it, get Yuri on the horn. Anyway. Look up how to detect that, how to see that, and do it yourself. (laughs) I wish I could. (laughs) It's probably illegal. Uh, I mean, they'd just be able to terminate your contract or something. The neighbors are going to see me out there in my underwear, just fucking ripping apart <laughs> my cable box. <laughs> they don't care. Aren't you in a certain type of neighborhood? Well, the good you. thing How about it? my neighborhood is everyone keeps to themselves. They're, they're, they're using AT&T for fucking corded phone services over there. It's probably one of these fucking things you see on Facebook. Where like, hey, you want internet? Give me a call. No, no credit check. No down payment, $20 a month. It's probably just some guy doing exactly what you just said. Fucking hooking up people to someone else's cable box. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Continue. But anyways, so Habib is like, okay, it looks like your modem is the problem. Uh, your The modem you have cannot get above 50 megabytes per second. <laughs> You're like, Habib, I, it's megabits. And yes, yeah, normally... Normally, he probably would get back like, oh, what do I have to do? Well, you have to buy hours and pay money for it, yes? Hey, hey Steve, I made another sale. <laughs> like, I don't know what is going on here. But for some reason, this guy's trying to con me into, like, paying money for their fucking box because he sees that I don't use their box. So I said, well, here's the thing, Steven, Dave, Jim, whatever. Uh, I've been using this box for a long time. It's an expensive box. And I have, before we had this conversation, I have actually, believe it or not, achieved over 50 megabits. Well, I am happy for you. I swear to God, this motherfucker says, I'm happy for you and that, but I am just telling you what I see with this. (laughs) Like, fuck you. What do you mean you're happy for me, you piece of shit? Who well, talks I, I, to I am very proud of you. <laughs> what a piece of shit. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Oh, all right. Well, you know what? I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> Fuck me, I guess. So now that you have Windstream, are you using that same modem? No, they have. They gave us their own one. Uh, I'm not oh. using that one because that would have been a great end of that story. So then I went to Windstream, <laughs> and now I'm getting gigabit on the same modem that I can't get above 50 megabits. I actually planned on reusing that one, but it's been fine so far, so I haven't done that. Yeah. I do have it if I ever need it, but uh, but that's the thing he tried to sell. Yeah, me and I mean, there of course, you know, every time I mention I have my own router. They tell me the same. Well, it could it could be the router, and I'm like, look, I already told you, I bypass the router. I'm not using Wi-Fi. There is an Ethernet cable going from your modem 
into my computer. Well, is it happening on any other devices? Yes, but it's also happening on the computer that's plugged in right now. How can he? How can he bypass? <laughs> it's really not that complicated. I mean, I mean, everyone should it's know basic really troubleshooting. You start with the simplest shit because you don't want to send people out here and you know do all kinds of crazy advanced shit when the problem was you needed to tighten your cable. You start with the simple shit and eliminate the easy fixes. And I do that for them. I do the fucking tier one tech support work for them. Because I do do. <laughs> do do. So what else you got? Yeah. I mean, that was my story. So uh, you dealt with it for another year and a half until you moved. Correct. I swear to God, even, even now, like remember when uh, Google fiber was saying how all the Charlotte was going to be, um, connected with fiber and you can get it for $70 a month. And then they stopped after hooking up like two neighborhoods. I, they started sending me emails. Google fiber is now available. Get it now. $70 a month for gigabit up and gigabit down. I'm like, yes, let's do it. And every day, like an Alzheimer's patient, I click the fucking email, put in my address. Uh, it's not available at your address. Okay, great. Stop sending me the fucking Stop emails. The way it all started <laughs> was that I went to your website seeking out Google fiber. And I put in my address. You said it's not available. Enter your email address so that when it is available, you'll get an email. Hey, buddy. You waited three fucking years to start sending me emails, and I still can't fucking get it. Just stop. I don't want to tell them to stop because one day I'm going to be like, I'm done with these fucking emails. I am fucking done. And all of a sudden, they're going to like send me an email and be like, oh, you're blocked. And I'm going to actually have Google Fiber available. I mean, it's insanity. I can, if, if I could get Windstream, if I can get what you're getting, I can get gigabit up, gigabit down for 90 a month. If Google got their shit together, I could get the same thing for $70 a month. As it is now, if on a good day, okay, when everything's working exactly like it should be, I get gigabit down, 35 megabits up, which sucks. I mean, it's more than I need, but it sucks that I can't get gigabit up and down. Listen, I'm and it's you. $130 okay. a month. I live right on the edge of the historic district, okay? Right behind my house is a nice little historic area that you don't pay high taxes in or anything like that. And it's they have like an apartment complex where they took one of these old houses and converted into an apartment building. A lot of nice people in and out of that area. Small living space, but it you know it's livable. It's nice. Seems like people come and go there a lot in terms of like uh, the same people living there. There's a couple people that have been there for a long time, but they, they tend to cycle in and out. Keep an eye on it, is all I'm saying. Uh, I'm assuming it's a rental, so it's not like you have to have, deal with home ownership or anything like that. And I live, I can walk. The the plan like, is it would to take, it would take me it would take me to the mountains. two minutes. It would take me two minutes to walk down to Windstream headquarters. I don't know if the, I mean, I want to live in the mountains, but that's my only negative is that I'm probably not going to have good internet. I don't need to have gigabit. I just need to have, I'd rather have a hundred down 10 up all the fucking time consistently than what I'm getting now. If I can get that, I'm happy. And I'm pretty sure you can get something akin to that out, out in the mountains. But the, the point is, it's like next time we move, we're moving out of this area. So I'm not going to be moving to 
you know, your Uh-oh. apartment complex across the street. Whatever, man. The wind stream. <laughs> I mean, it, it's going to it's going to be me in a fucking cardboard box with the best internet on the planet. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'll tell you how shitty AT&T is. I have a. Oh, well, I'll uh, tell you case. how shitty AT and T is. I you a, tell me how shitty AT and T is. I have a Let's line. Do this. I have a line that runs from the um, the poles out in front at the street. You know, the, the with all the electricity lines and the phone lines and all that shit on it. I have a line that runs from there and attaches to the side of my house. At this, I have three entrances to my home, and one of them is a side entrance, and it's just a wire that comes and attaches to the edge of the roof there. And then it would it followed the roof along and then down next to the door to these three fucking boxes that just sat there. These three massive boxes that sat there that people kept kicking and shit accidentally and all that stuff. And it was there. And when we moved in and I, I was looking at it, I was like, what is this shit? Because when we got here, we had Windstream come in and put in uh, fiber Internet and all that. And, uh, when, you know, my wife was here by herself that day as we were moving stuff. And she's like, the guy's here. He wants to know where you want the lines. And I said, every room. <laughs> so I had him put the line in every, I could put my fucking box anywhere in this fucking house. Uh, but I wanted a line in every room. And he did that. He drilled and put lines in, in every room. And so when I saw that, I was like, that has nothing to do with the internet. So what is this fucking line? It's not the power line because the power line comes in from the ground. Uh, under my house and he what did he do he got up on a ladder and he it's like attached with you know chewing gum and he just plucked it off and was like oh Oh, yeah well internet (laughs) right well so what i did was i no this is actually just a couple weeks ago maybe more than that like like maybe a couple months ago something like that i i uh i've been doing wire work in my bathroom so i i got this little thing that you when it's on you touch it to a line and it tells you if it's hot or not so I went out and checked that. And of course, it's a dead line. There's nothing going in it. I open up the boxes to it and everything. And it looks like, oh, my God, this thing is so ancient. It's like an old fucking um, house line for telephones. It's got these old switches in it and shit. So I take these boxes off the wall and I clip the fucking cable. And I clip the cable all the way back to the point where it attaches to the roof there. So it's just sitting there. And I got to call AT&T out at some point to get rid of that shit. It's, but that's the crazy thing is that, you know, at no point has anybody sent their fucking people out to get rid of their shit. Like, they're so shitty. They don't give a fuck. They're just attached to your shit forever. Yeah. At no point well, are they like, my house oh, has a fucking satellite dish attached to it that, <laughs> like, from previous owners or whatever. I so, hate that. but, uh, all right. So, my ATT story. So when we moved down here, lived in a small apartment and uh, we didn't want to go with Spectrum, which was Time Warner at the time, because, you know, it's notoriously bad in uh, apartment complexes because everyone's sharing the same box. So we call and also we were poor. I mean, like even more poor than we are now. We, We didn't even have Internet for the first six months. It was like wedging our one laptop into the corner to mooch off the one bar of Wi-Fi for the unprotected Wi-Fi across the street that the neighbors were using. And when they moved, we had to get internet. So we paid 15 bucks a month to get just basic AT&T DSL, 
which you know it, it's not it's really not that bad you know we want a dsl because we didn't want to be sharing the, the fucking cable box whatever so they don't even send anyone out to hook it up they send you a, a self-install kit which is the modem slash router and a cable and you plug it into the phone line and you, you do a few things and you're set up so um after about a year the internet goes out and we call them up and they're like yep there's an outage in your area like okay <laughs> any idea when it's going to be back no just no. if it's not back tomorrow give us a call so naturally it's not back tomorrow so we give them a call and they're like what's your name and i give them my name like okay uh what about your phone number and address give them that like oh we don't have a record of you like what (laughs) i'm like like we had internet yesterday now we don't you said there was an outage and like yeah we don't have any record that you were ever a customer here we lost i'm like okay well can you turn it back on can we like re-sign up like yeah but we're gonna have to get someone out there it's gonna be about two weeks and all of a sudden like all these questions all these questions float into my head like well we didn't even have anyone come out to install the fucking thing in the exist? first place <laughs> like what what do you mean it's gonna take two fucking weeks sort of like well do you this want is, us to set that up i'm like no <laughs> so and those again our only two options were at&t and spectrum so we went with spectrum and we had issues there and then we moved into the our place in huntersville the next place we live had issues yeah. there called out a bunch of tanks never got fixed we ended up moving here it still doesn't fight like everywhere we go spectrum fucking sucks no matter where I go, every place. Trash, I mean, can you trash. imagine? Can you imagine running a company where you have an outage and you just lose your fucking database of customers? <laughs> like, what the? Is this like Bungie running AT and T? That's exactly what it is. Well, we fixed the connection issue, but now uh, this fucking exotic is broken, and you can't delete your shaders. What? I'm sorry. What are you talking Who? about? <laughs> Yeah, Who right? am I in contact Hi. with right now? <laughs> My name is Mike. I, I, you know, we had AT and I'm sorry. This is <laughs> who is? <laughs> is this Beetlejuice? Am I having a Beetlejuice moment? And it's just like there's nowhere to turn. There's no authority to be like like the only option is what class action lawsuit. <laughs> like, oh god, uh, I wish to... I had the resources to do that. Oh man, if only I was PewDiePie. I'd be suing the shit out of so many fucking people. Yeah, I mean, they did it in uh, in New York State. Like, they fucking just kick Spectrum out of New York State. They suck so much. And, I, and, you know, on one hand, I wish I could do that. But on the other hand, that would mean that I just don't get internet. And it really says a lot about our infrastructure. <laughs> yeah, like, you that's your problem is you just don't get fucking internet. I mean, our, our only mm-hmm. option would be like, what, HughesNet? Fucking 10 down, yeah. 1 up. $300 a month with a data cap because it's satellite internet. We live in a major metropolitan city and we're getting fucking rural, <laughs> rural fucking ISPs. Welcome to Huawei. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. It's 2020. The internet's been out for like, what, 30, 30 years to the public. Why the fuck don't we all have fiber by now? Well, there's some serious issues right now. There's a lot of homeless people, and uh, the homeless percentage of the population is, uh, you know, it's not that high compared to other countries, but it's still there. So until we eliminate homelessness 100%. (laughs) Look, uh, I don't think I'm being unreasonable here. I mean, I know this is a first world problem. Like, internet isn't good enough. But, like, 
on the other hand, it's really, why is it such a big deal to get the product you pay for? That's well, all you I know, want. Even, even if we solve homelessness, then there's the, the problem of like just straight up poverty. And I know that like most people that live in poverty today in America, you know, it's really not poverty. If you think about it from that, I mean, you know, Look, people say to when me I was sometimes on the job search, without internet, like I would just go to places that had free internet. Like it's, it's people so tell accessible. me all the time, like gabbler, uh, you're always going to have poverty. My dude, there's no way you can eliminate poverty because there will always be a group with money and a group with less money. And I, to that, I just say that's ridiculous. <laughs> we can't be talking about internet in a time like this. Do you people not understand Trump is president? Okay. He could literally kill us any day now. <laughs> He's got his hand on the Hold your breath. Just waiting for an excuse. Hold your breath right now. Because the fucking it can be coming. Any second. You watch, I'll be vindicated. Give it a second. So that's where I'm at. I finally got the motivation to start streaming again. Caved and decided to go on Twitch, mostly because I didn't have to set anything new up and just had to tell Streamlabs to direct my fucking information uh, you know, to Twitch, Twitch instead of Mixer. Piece of shit. They fucking know. Yeah, well, it's only a matter of time before I get canceled. I mean, that's that's really the end game at this point, right? Is to get moderately popular enough to the point where people care enough to cancel me and then make a big deal out of it and then skyrocket to fame and then move okay. to wherever doc is going, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else there is to do. I mean, apparently Facebook gaming is, uh, even more draconian about their rules. Like, uh, remember Dr. Rage? Dude played uh, Blackout with us a few times. Yeah, yeah. He stopped streaming, and uh, apparently it's because Facebook kept banning him because he was drinking on stream. Like, just liquid? their community values. (laughs) Yes, he was drinking liquid. (laughs) Hey, that guy's drinking beverages. You mean you believe that? That's fucking crazy. Not even anything like underage drinking or getting absolutely blackout drunk. Just drinking like an average person drinks. This is why I hate children. Not because of the children, but because of the adults that constantly fucking coddle children. Yeah. Oh my God, we have to protect them from everything. What if they grow up and be like me? So yeah, that kind of scared me away from Facebook. And I mean, my only other option is DLive, which honestly, a lot like Mixer, I actually like their platform. The problem is apparently it's all Turkish people. There's hardly any English speakers and yeah. I'm, there's no way I'm going to find any, any kind of audience there. So Twitch is kind of my only option. Even if you do, who the fuck wants that audience? No offense to those people, but like. I mean, it's a good system. It's a good system. Like the the more you chat and use their emojis and shit, the more like fucking Bitcoin you get. Okay, let let me (laughs) let me be serious now. The problem with places like D Live and Facebook and YouTube as an as a platform is they don't offer the same services that Twitch does, and this is the crux of the issue. Twitch is run by a bunch of fucking assholes. Maybe not all of them. 
But there's a lot of people that have power there that shouldn't have power there because they're basing stuff like not on you, merit or fairness. fairness. They're they're basing shit on their stupid political biases, and that's called what's the word for that? Starts with a B. Uh, Bigotry. Okay, if you shun people out of a community or attack people specifically for their ideas, that is bigotry. Is the definition of it? Okay, the the problem lies in and 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 yes, the idea that gay people should have rights is an idealism, and to be against that makes you a bigot. Not not necessarily to be against it, but to to try and shun those people out of you know this person thinks that. It's a, that homosexuality is okay, and they want to practice homosexuality. Okay, well, you don't get to join our club. That's bigotry. Same thing applies for your fucking stupid political beliefs and all of that shit. This guy supports Trump. Okay, kick him off the platform. That's bigotry, okay? And you can't have both. You can't be against bigotry, but also be for bigotry, or you're just a piece of human shit. Yeah, and, and, and I, look, I understand I that, like, about it. it's a, it's not, you know, it's not the First Amendment. It's, it's you know, Twitch's policy you sign up to to stream there you got to follow their rules problem is this isn't like hey we're not going to tolerate i don't know racism like actual racism like you can't just it's come a on little here different the though they're they're, take, they're instead of just saying like having clear rules they they just leave it up like uh oh, no hate speech and i mean you just say i'm i'm voting trump and they're like that's hate speech it's like well if you just hate speech isn't a cl- clearly defined Term. so they can it's use a little it different i don't agree anything. with the first amendment thing here because that's not what this is at all people people will come out and say twitch no, can I'm, do whatever they want with their platform uh we all agree as a as a civilization here in the united states that it is it is wrong for an employer to fire you for a discriminatory purpose because you're black or because you're gay or anything like that including your ideas being fired because you have a different fucking political opinion than your boss is discriminatory and it's illegal and the same goes for twitch okay the problem is not enough people are willing to fucking take them to court that's the real problem the people with money you know people talk shit about trump suing people all the time that's what you need you need people that want to just do left and right i said about spectrum i i wish i had the time and the resources to actually fucking bring them to court Right. Like what, setting a what, what am I going to fucking do? Spend years and years to get my, my fucking money back for six months worth of bills that were, yeah, I didn't get the speed I was paying for. I'm going to end up spending more money than I make. Those kind of battles have to be fought by people that have the money and the time to do that. You know, it was a shame that PewDiePie has not gone after companies like the wall street journal for defamation and shit like that. And hey, that Nick Sandman dude is doing it. He's going one by yeah. one, CNN and But a precedent Washington wasn't Post. set there. I think with CNN, there was a the settlement. precedent was already it, set before it. that. It's fucking slander. Well, of course, of course. <laughs> but you, I would have fought CNN tooth and nail and taken everything I could from them. Because for me, it's about principle, not about just getting money. So there, you know, you need somebody who's not willing to settle that justice is the settlement, not money. That's the ultimate crux of the problem, right? Yeah. So, you know, if I go to YouTube gaming, yeah, certainly it's a feasible area, but it pisses me off that YouTube and, and Facebook and DLive 
aren't willing to just fucking straight up rip shit off of Twitch. Like, just do the same exact things they do in terms of services for partners and affiliates and shit. I don't want to leave Twitch because of all the benefits that I get from Twitch, because of how good of a, 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 you know, a website it is. And it's not just about the number of people. It has little to do with that. It has mostly to do with all of these features that I'm now losing out on the, the bit system, the subscription yeah, system. That's why like systems. mixer had all the, all the shit and probably some more. I mean, I can't do a direct comparison because apparently Twitch has added a lot of shit since, uh, since I left yeah, for mixer, like they didn't have channel points and all that. Yeah. But that's what um, I was trying to say a lot of that time. stuff, like I just don't fucking care about. Like I, I appreciate yeah, that it's, it's built in, so I don't have to management manage it. It's but. still gauge engagement that you don't have to manage. But you know, you see companies like YouTube; they do nothing. All they have is a super chat that's donations, and then they have the ability to subscribe to somebody. For them, they use join because subscribe means you follow the fucking channel, or and you know. <laughs> That's great and everything, but I just don't understand. You know, you look at a, a company like Blizzard. The reason why World of Warcraft is so successful is because they constantly take things from other MMO games that are good and they put them in their game. Everything they've put in their game is something that's been tried and tested by other companies. Even things as simple as the Facebook game of like, you know, logging in and checking your table and clicking the thing to see how all your guys did and then send them on a mission that's, t- you know, makes you wait several hours. The only difference is there's no like fucking hit this button to speed it up for real money shit. <laughs> you know, that's really the only difference. It's the waiting game, but then you don't have any alternative but to wait. But people like that kind of shit and they notice that. So they put it in the game and it stays in the game because people still like doing that. People still like logging in checking that seeing it succeed or fail or what have you and sending people out with another percentage it's almost like a puzzle to some degree a lot of systems that are in world of work have come from other games um i'm surprised they don't have i mean the, the the only the only thing they'll never be able to take i guess is the job system from final fantasy because they're, you know, that's kind of a core underlying system of a game it'd be really hard to go yeah, well okay, they don't need to they just need to make order alts be able to skip all the bullshit you grind on one character and then you skip ahead on all the others correct because like no one wants to go through and do the fucking story a second third fourth fifth time they just want to get to that not only when you get in game and you're you're acquiring all these different uh end game resources and currencies it's difficult to play another character in a game like World of Warcraft because you got to do that on another character. And it feels like if you were playing your main character the whole time, you you might just be able to, you know, do this. And it leads Blizzard to make stupid decisions. Like, we'll put a cap on how much you can earn every week to give you time and effort to be able to go work on an alt character. But in a game like Final Fantasy XIV, that's not a problem because you can literally be every class with the one character who's gaining those resources at the end, at the end game. So that that's one of the things that I guess they couldn't take. But as an example, you know, companies like YouTube and uh, I guess Google and uh, Facebook, those companies need to look at Twitch and go, yeah, grab all this shit that works. People like grab all of them, put it on our platform. Now, who the fuck is in charge of these streaming services at YouTube gaming and Facebook gaming? What? Like, there's just so little 
It's because it, of, like, nobody everyone, everyone who watches a streamer on Twitch, not everyone, most people, just aren't willing to go to a different platform. I mean, well, that was the their thing. that was their last ditch attempt. You know, we're going to pay Ninja and Gathalian to go on to Mixer, and yeah. like, a lot of their following didn't come with them. Right, but a lot of their following didn't come with them because it's just the people don't like change. They don't like difference. You know, I, I mean you got to do the right thing in order to get people to move. If you look at Facebook versus MySpace, MySpace was already established. Why did people jump to Facebook? Because more better features. Like that's, that's how you have to do. So you have to plagiarize the shit that worked from other MMOs. And you can see this in Final Fantasy XIV of Realm Reborn, where the game was came out looking more like Final Fantasy XI Part Two, and, and people... Some people liked it, but a lot of people didn't. And then they, it took them a year, and they brought in a guy that said, we got to look at a game like World of Warcraft. He even came in and said, look, these people are working on this game. They're not even paying attention to their competition. And we got to put in all these systems that work from other games to bring people from those. Because people like those systems, but they want something new. People want something new, but they want to feel familiar. So yeah. the and Call I want YouTube the Call of I Duty want, mentality. It's, it's the, the same Call game every year. In the different flavor. <laughs> Minor tweaks. I mean, just look right. at I said it before, I think, on the podcast, but when Modern Warfare came out, they tried to uh change the uh like the preferred play style to a more tactical, methodical type approach, and no one liked it. Everyone just wants to jump around corners with a fucking submachine gun. Well, you look at a and game. And they changed a bunch of like things Overwatch. to 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 make that happen and if you look at Overwatch, you can see an example here where, you know, Blizzard took the the uh, Team Fortress system of play and said, here's a fun game that not a lot of people have done, and it's popular and highly successful. And at the time, Team Fortress 2 was super, like, populated, a lot of people playing it, and they came along and they took Overwatch, and they took all the things that you'd want from that, you know, the characters that play in a similar style so that people who play the doctor can come over and play mercy. People that play the engineer can come play Torbjorn, etc. And they put that in. And then they said, we're also going to add our own thing on top of it. And all the gameplay is very similar, you know, go take this point, capture it. These people have to hold it, defend a payload that moves all the same stuff coming over from team fortress, even to a degree, the art style looking very similar. And then, they added in their own characters that they felt would benefit a game like Team Fortress and their own game modes and some of their own systems and tweaked them a little bit. And it, you have a highly successful game to this date that still pumps out. They're making a sequel to it that's going to be more PvE focused, but that's how you have to be successful. And the reason why I want this shit to happen with YouTube and Facebook gaming is because I want competition for Twitch. The reason why Twitch is a complete piece of shit right now is because they can be. There's no competition. They have no desire to... It's the YouTube effect. YouTube didn't have any competition and still doesn't when it comes to video-on-demand content. Uh, It's one of these things where, you know, and they're trying to compete against Netflix now, so they've, they've moved a little bit because they're trying to get into that area to trying to appease their their audience, but they're not appeasing. They're not trying to appease their content creators like they used to when they first started making it possible to make money on YouTube. 
you know, if you go back to the golden age of YouTube after Google took over and started putting in monetization through ad revenue, it was all about the content creator and they were uplifting those content creators left and right. Now they don't fucking care. I mean, there's certainly a lot of people that make money off of YouTube still and have no problems because they're conforming and lockstepping with the YouTube executives. Yeah, well, you can see anyone who talks about like current events and shit on YouTube, they can't use the word kill. They have to say ending or something like there's certain words that they know they can't say. Right. And that's because they want coronavirus. They got to call it something. They don't want to have. Uh, YouTube kids, they want to have YouTube and have all these kids watching it because it makes the advertiser money and they're happy with that and they don't care. They don't care. And it's, there's no competition is the problem. There's no competition for content creators specifically. There is competition for a viewer audience, you know, things like Netflix and stuff like that do kind of merge over a little bit that those audiences cross over a little bit and they want that netflix audience that's why they put movies on youtube that you can rent and shit and that's why they have youtube red they're trying to get you to subscribe to that and watch specific content just for that the those that crossover creates that competition where they're trying to appease the viewer but they have no desire to appease their content creator because there's no competition there's nowhere for them to go realistic. Oh, yeah, sure, there's like all these places they can go to, but not realistically. PewDiePie will not leave YouTube. Why? Because it's the it, same reason why fucking Ninja didn't leave Twitch without a fucking contract written up for him in the first place. He only did that because he had a contract that was guaranteed money. Otherwise, he wasn't going to leave. It's probably why when Doc comes back after they settle this whole fucking thing over the contract, He'll probably stick with fucking Twitch. He'll probably try to get back in with Twi- Twitch. I imagine. Well, that's, he already that's, said that he'll never go back to Twitch, no matter what. But that's well, what he, he said. said that he said that it's looking like it's not going to be that way because of all the the ways that Twitch is trying to delete him off the platform. But I guarantee you, he wants to be on Twitch over anything else, despite this shit. And it's because Twitch. And, you know, Twitch has the same problem. They don't care about their fucking content creators. It's all bullshit. They sit here and pretend that they care about their content creators. Well, that's why I'm I'm like, if I'm, if you got to build a community, if you want to be successful on Twitch, and there's got to be a group of people out there that are just like you and me who are fucking tired of the fucking Care Bear bullshit fucking communities. Oh, good vibes. Positive environment, everyone. Yay. Let's all talk about our mental disorders. Like, how about fake? Why don't we just fucking talk about video games? I mean, that probably yeah. bothers me more about Twitch than anything else. They used to have it nicely separated where Justin TV was all this other shit and Twitch was gaming. That's why I liked Mixer. It was about the games. Now it's all about like uh, ASMR. Like I I was fucking, I, I pulled up my channel and I was auto hosting this ASMR channel. It's just some chick like making mouth noises into two separate microphones. I'm like, what the fuck is this? She had like 250 viewers. <laughs> like who the, what the fuck is going on? It's, like it's this is the kind of like even like critical role, right? Like I, I had always listened to the podcast. I never, because I was at work and stuff. So I never actually watched it on Twitch or on YouTube. I would just listen to the, you know, week old podcast. But now that I'm watching it on YouTube, I'm like looking at these comments and everyone is such a pussy. Such a <laughs> pussy, man. Like, they fucking, they're like, oh man, when I got to 57 minutes, I was crying so hard. And I'm like, what, 
what the fuck happened? It, like they were fighting a dragon the whole time. What do you mean? Everyone, every fucking comment is like this. They're just catering to these fucking Care Bear people. Like, where's the community? That's just a group of fucking ball busters who yeah. like make fun of their fucking friends and like you know, like the good old days. Yeah, pieces of shit. <laughs> It's like not Monty, toxic if everyone's in on the here. joke. Well, it's not. It's like that thing that Bill Burr says, right? Where he's sitting around with his buddies busting balls and somebody brings their wife or their girlfriend and he's sitting there like, hey, look at Dave with his bald fucking head. And then she's like, hey, come on. Don't say that about Dave. He can't help it that he's got male pattern baldness. And then he's like, well, great. Yeah, it was a joke, sweetheart. Now I got to like, you've made it real. So now I got to like apologize to Dave. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we all feel bad now. Like, shut up. <laughs> it's a fucking joke. Well, especially with like in, in critical role in the last campaign, especially, but even in this one, like they're complete assholes in game. They're complete assholes. But then they I mean, act like they want to be. So they I mean, can write maybe. It off as, I'm just oh, saying like. That I mean, that's not the point. The point is, is all these people act like, oh, it's all inclusive and it's all sunshine and rainbows. It's like the people who are the characters these people are portraying are douchebags. That's why it's a good D&D campaign. They do shit that they know is shitty. <laughs> like, that's the best like, part. And you're telling me you're crying over some kind of made up relationship. And like, I get it. Look, like, I get it. Like everyone gets emotionally invested in things. That's what makes television and Twitch and all these stories successful. But it's like there's there's a filter. Like at no point do I like I can watch a movie and be like, oh, that's sad, you know. But it's yeah. I, there's always that level of separation where I know it's not fucking real that keeps me from crying about it, you know. Right. I don't. What yeah. what happened? There's like no line in the sand anymore. It's all fucking fake. It's appeasing the smallest common denominator of people. That it's appeasing the vocal minority, and that's the problem. When you look at people like Gold Glove as an example, here's a guy that uh, I used to watch play games with Cena Anners and Gassy Max and Mister Stark. You know, and back in the day when he did fucking commentary over Here's a War for Machinima and shit like that, he'd send in videos. I've watched this guy use words like faggot and shit like that. All of these guys make gay jokes, make jokes about, and the joke is, LOL, you're gay, and that's disgusting because you're a faggot. Like, that's the joke, okay? I've seen them I've seen them hang out with Mr. Sark, who did black guy jokes. Yeah, they're just jokes. He's hanging out with fucking, what's his name, the camera guy. I can't even remember his name off the top of my fucking head. It's been so long since I watched Machinima. But like him and APL and uh, they'd, they'd all sit around and have these jokes at the expense of their black friend and he'd laugh about it. But at the same time, they'd have their times where they'd say stuff that was positive about him. You know, it, it would just be like it, it's called busting your friend's balls and you go for their weakness. Like, LOL, you're gay. Doesn't mean haha, homosexuality is funny and stupid, isn't it? Well, of course I'm disgusted by homosexuality. I'm a heterosexual. Nobody would have a fucking problem with a gay guy going, ooh, heterosexual sex. That's disgusting. But if I went, ooh, gay sex, people are like, what are you, a fucking homophobe? 
Like this is the fake fucking yeah, it's the world. Bill Burr thing. Like, like no, I have. There's no hatred in my heart towards that. It's just, I, I just, it's not for me, right? It's kind of like, <laughs> I mean, it makes it's sense. So what if I use it to tease my friends who are also heterosexual? Of course I'm going to do that. You know what? You know what? My friends also aren't uh, fucking losers, but I call them that. I'm not making fun. Like, oh, you, now he's making fun of losers. I mean, like, it's what, what, what are the three of us like say to, say you know to each other 100% the of the time when you. one of us shows up or when one of us leaves? What's up, losers? All right, later, yeah. losers. Like Later, nerd. We're literally nerds. I don't, it's a fucking joke, people. And, you know, and now he's making fun of losers. Yeah, yeah, the fucking Nazis were losers. Are you fucking pro-Nazi? Shut up. You fucking people. I swear to God, it's the fucking dumbest shit. And then you get people like Gold Glove and shit just pretending that that's not who they are. I can't believe that these politicians talk like this about this and that. Like, dude, I know who you are. Okay, I've seen you for uh, well, people can change in <laughs> here. Yeah, okay, whatever. That's not it, people aren't changing, sure, people they can, but like changing. you shouldn't have to. Well, yeah, people can change, but they're not changing, they're just pretending. We see it all the time in these well, fucking look. To be fair, no, if you actually we, make a I conscious effort to change time. for whatever reason, if you're like, I want to be nicer to people. It all starts look, with pretending. Sure. Look at Mr. Rogers. I mean, that guy was. That sure. well, I mean, look, Mr. Rogers was not like a nice guy. Like they did an interview with his wife or something like that, and they were like, "How does he? How is he so happy and nice, nice to people all the time?" And she's like, "It takes work. It was a conscious effort." So yeah, I mean, I get it, but it's not I, what I'm saying. At though. the same like, time, yes, there are people well, that look, do look, that. Look, here's here's the difference. It's like these people are trying to make money off of Twitch. And they're not saying like, hey, I want to be a better person. I want to, or whatever. It doesn't even have to be be a better person. I want to change this about myself for whatever reason. I'm going to make a conscious effort to do it. It's, I need more people to watch this. And Twitch's audience is a bunch of fucking Care Bears. So I need to create a safe and fluffy environment so that people will come and sit here and give me money. And that's kind of shitty. That's pretty disingenuous. It's and pretty that's, that's pro- I mean, and I'm just not willing to do that. And even if I was willing to do that, just my personality, I don't think I'm capable of it. I, it's really hard for me to stay in character because at some point you just autopilot and default to, you know, your actual self. That's why I can't do yeah. a doctor disrespect thing because I wouldn't be able to maintain that for hours on end. I'd get into the game. I start talking to you guys. I'd forget. And I'd be fucking Herschel Beam in a wig. <laughs> well, a lot of him is Herschel Beam, I guess, is the thing. But <clears throat> a lot of that character. But, I mean, what I'm saying is, like, yes, people change. But how often do we see in these, like, feminist ally communities, these guys that sit up here and, oh, feminism this, feminism that, I'm an ally to feminists, blah, blah, blah. And then the next thing you know, they get fucking busted, like, being fucking complete piece of trash fucking perverts and aren't they, there's like a bunch of people that just got called out for like being pedos and shit right and the like, fucked up part is is instead of condemning that they're actually well they're not pedophiles they're maps minor attracted persons like don't even like you're really gonna try to normalize pedophilia now 
It's fucking disgusting, man. It's fucked up. It's, it's completely fucked up. It's like, it, it's just, you're so, people are so set in their ways or set in their mindset, so convinced that they're correct. It, it's not about like having a discussion or agreeing to disagree anymore. It's my opinion is the right opinion. And that's, it's not, it's, it's not a matter of, you know, hashing this out and talking about different points of view. I am my, I have the correct opinion and everyone else needs to shut the fuck up. Right. And that's right. what's happening all over Twitch and not even that all over the country, really cancel culture and shit. Yeah, it's, it's a fucking dire situation. But, you know, hopefully, I, I do see people starting to uh, push back a little bit. There was something I saw today. God, I wish I could fucking remember. I look at this shit and I'm like, yeah, I'll remember that. And then I can't remember that. I but can't uh, remember shit. I go through and I look at these, you know, I scroll through Facebook and, you know, whatever, PC Gamer or something has something. And there's people in the comments saying, like, this is fucking stupid. Like it used to be like everyone was on board with the cancel culture, SJW care bear bullshit. But now it's about 50, 50, not on Twitter, it's, but it's splitting on Facebook. We need more of that. And, so and uh, that's good. if you were on the fence about watching the stream, my stream, uh, that's the kind of community I'm trying to cultivate is the people who don't get offended, the ball busters. Those the are good the kind natured, of good natured ball busters. <laughs> if we yeah, I mean, hey, that that's a good uh that's a good like group name for whoever wants to, you know. Or Child a community. Groomers? No, not that. <laughs> good natured ball busters. <laughs> good natured ball busters, buddy. That's really what it's what it's all about. Being able to take a joke. Grooming children. Being able to call your friends. That's it, man. <laughs> or, just... or, or whatever, you know. <laughs> it's, it's so crazy. These people are out of control. Well, uh, we we still got some gaming news before we move on to the craziness of the world. Well, not news, but, you know, discussion. So, Death Stranding. I, I suppose yeah. you should start with telling me why I'm wrong, and then I'll kind of <laughs> go into my thing. Or we could do it the other way. Well, I mean, you haven't finished the game, so it's kind of difficult to... I don't care about spoilers anymore. I do. I do care about you getting spoilers. It's that's the whole point of watching somebody play. Yeah, but it's not that interesting to me anymore. That's one of the reasons I don't want to fucking keep playing it. Because you're a whiny little baby. This game makes me that way. <laughs> it's. I mean, the game has made me this way, John. Seriously, how do you how do you want to do this? You want me to go into my spiel, or do you want to defend your your beloved what? Kojima? Hey, whatever you're going to say, loser. <laughs> All right. Well, it started out promising. Like, <clears throat> the game looks good. Plays relatively smoothly when I'm not trying to stream it. Um, First of all, the story, because that seems to be the main focus for a lot of people. It's not so much the exhilarating gameplay. But the story acts like 
you should know everything from the very beginning. They start throwing out terms and you know, that's okay for the first hour or so, but it has to like start making sense eventually. And I'm 22 hours in without doing too much side shit. And I still have nothing to latch onto. But to be fair, you're kind of retarded anyway. Well, so is your face. <laughs> but I'm, I'm serious. Like, I, I don't know. Is, is dead man supposed to be a big part of the story? Is it Mads Mikkelsen? Is it Higgs? Is it frat? Like, I, I don't know. These people just kind of show up, say a bunch of things that make hardly any sense. And then try to get me to eat some kind of blood bug every fucking time. And like, I just don't, I don't get it. They got to give me something to like chase after. I don't know what I'm doing at this point. I'm supposed to be connecting the country, but I feel like I'm being manipulated. I don't really know why I'm doing it. And it's just, you got to give me something. It seems like a very back heavy story where you're going to go like 90% of the game, having no fucking idea what's going on. And then all of a sudden, Boom. Kojima's going to throw all this fucking shit at you all at once. And then the game's going to end. And then you're going to have an epilogue and then it's going to end again. Mm. That's my problem with the story. It's an interesting theory. Okay. Well, second of all, the gameplay, the delivery part, like I get, I mean, I know Kojima's like, oh, Americans don't get this game. No, I get it, right? Like, we got to, everyone's got to be connected. We all got to help each other, whatever. But there, there's no, like, redeeming quality for me. Like, there's never, all right, I just have to make it through this one section, and then I get to the fun part. Every part of this is a fucking chore. Like, at the beginning, it was like, oh, shit, I got to walk across water and put a ladder down. And as they give you more tools and shit, it's never like, yes. I got a new tool. It's always like, oh, fuck me. It's another thing I got to craft and carry on my fucking back. It's like, every, it's, it's not a reward when they allow <laughs> you to make new shit. It's just more fucking bullshit that you got to carry around with you. And then you got the, uh, like the, the motion and shit. Like it's always like, oh, I'm fucking slipping and sliding all over the place. It's like, yeah, I get it. You have a bunch of shit on your back, but can we tone it down just a little bit? Like, I don't have to want to worry about tripping over a fucking six inch rock on the ground. I'm, spo- I'm supposed to be like zip lining all over the place and all this other shit. But you're telling me I can't lightly jog over rocks. Fuck off. And the vehicles are terrible. Like every time I'm on the motorcycle, it just goes boom and stops. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? I moved the camera. There's like a tiny little rock on the ground. Oh, we got to build the roads. It's like, Jesus fucking Christ with the roads. Why? Why do I have to build the roads? So that like for the next three hours, I, I like my life is a little bit easier and then I move on to the next area. It's like, Jesus Christ. Plus like if there's other people playing the game, it's not even you building the roads. They're just there already. So it's not like you work towards anything. It's just, Oh, Hey, all these other people did the job for me until you get to the section where the road stops because everyone moved on. He stopped listening. Hey, loser. Stop muting. Sorry. Be listening. So anyway, no, no, no. I was, it was just for a second. Go uh-huh, ahead. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, so th- that's the building and resource thing. Um, I don't like the menus at all. It's like, it's a lot of fucking menu surfing and I'm constantly like setting all my shit up, hitting B on the controller. And it's like, Oh, your changes are going to be erased. I'm like, no, fuck. Okay. Cancel that. Hold down a, like every fucking menu. It's just a lot of fucking information in menu form. And it's, it's just not enjoyable to me. I don't like 
organizing my fucking inventory for half an hour. Uh, let's see, the enemies. Enemies suck. I'm so fucking tired of invisible enemies in, in Japanese games. Like, I don't want to fight them. I want them to not be there. I just want to get on my fucking motorcycle and deliver my shit without getting stuck on a rock and trapped in a tar pit and throwing my fucking blood grenades in an enemy. It's just, it's not even difficult. It's just in the fucking way. It's so annoying. And it's like, oh, well, you can, you could plan your route around the weather. Like, why? Just, just, I'm just trying to, this isn't even a main quest. This is a fucking side quest. I put resources into this fucking motorcycle thing so I didn't have to carry all this shit on my back. There's no fucking road for me to go on. The only way I can go is through this fucking rainstorm. And and now I got to deal with fucking invisible enemies. So either one of two things happens. I get stuck on a rock. The invisible enemy hits me and I get dragged away to the boss. Or I, like I have to get off my fucking bike and crouch around and use my fucking sixth sense to identify these enemies and throw a fucking grenade at it. And it's just a pain in the ass. Like I just want to get from fucking point A to point B. The moment to moment gameplay isn't good enough for me to want to do all the fucking side quests. At no point I'm like, man, I really want to hang out here and really build shit up and help other people. And like, I don't want to do that. I just want to get through the fucking game. The best parts of the game are when you actually do get to use the bros and bypass all the gameplay. <laughs> like the whole goal of every one of these areas is to build it up enough to where you don't have to deal with all the fucking bullshit in your way. That seems like a design flaw to me where the goal of the game is to not play the game. I mean, it, that's just how it seems to me. And every, the reason why I really stopped, decided to stop playing is just because every part of it is just frustrating. Like for all the reasons I described with the, the roads and having to deal with the bullshit, stupid fucking enemies and carry all the shit on your back. Like none of that is fun. And they keep giving you tools to like try to make it easier, but it's just, I'm not even carrying my delivery and I've got six feet of boxes piled on my back and strapped to my arms and shit. And I just, it feels like shit because I don't know. I'm the type of person that when I'm like, okay, I'm going to go take out this group of uh, mules or whatever. I don't want to have a bunch of shit on my back. I just want the essentials. And I just, I just constantly have shit all over me. So there's that the story. There's, there's nothing compelling for me there. I don't know what they're talking about half the time. I'm starting to kind of piece it together, but it's just not interesting enough. It seems like it's all some kind of weird fucking metaphor that Kojima wants me to take a lesson from or something. And I just don't care. Plus like the characters, it's really hard to get invested in characters when 90% of them are a hologram on a screen. Like you got your main characters that you see, but even when you see them, you can never be sure if they're a hologram or not. But for all the people you do deliveries for, they're all just holograms. Rarely do they, I think that one guy comes out and actually, you know, takes his wife back that you deliver. You deliver someone's wife, I guess. Which is awesome. But it, it's weird. It's just like everyone you meet is just a fucking hologram. It's like the same shit over and over again. I know it's kind of a poor excuse a lot of video games are the same shit over and over again but this is supposed to be a world where you're like connecting people but you never actually meet them and most of the dialogue you get comes in a fucking email they constantly want want you to check your email and every time you do you get likes it's like the currency is likes and it, it, like it's such a worthless currency too because like if someone puts a sign or a bridge down and you want to go like it you could just like it like 600 times 
Like, what's the value of one like? You know, like if you could just sit there and hit the button over and over again, it's like, hey, I got twelve thousand likes. Well, what does that mean? Well, nothing really. Makes you feel good, does it? Does it really make you feel good? Because I don't know what I'm what I'm getting out of this. Uh, then there's the baby thing. This fucking baby, I guess, helps you find the invisible enemies. I thought the only reason you could see them at all was because the baby's there. But no, that's just Norman Reedus. The baby just powers that little arm thing, I guess. It points in a direction of it, yeah. yeah. Norman can't see them at all. He's He can sense them well, when he stops he senses them, moving. but on your screen, that translates into you can kind of see them. Yeah, when you stop moving at a certain distance, the the baby tells you where they're located at certain times. You're supposed to get attached to the baby. That's the whole yeah, thing. and I'm not. It's just fucking annoying. And every time All I right. do something that, like a boss fight or I get dragged away, the baby's happiness meter or whatever goes all the way down it's just the baby fucking shrieking while i'm trying to do shit and kojima wants me to sit there and like rock the baby back and forth for five minutes to calm it down like i don't fucking care i don't care i'm sorry i don't oh my god i'm getting pissed off just thinking about it that game is supposed to i've heard people say it's relaxing it's not it's frustrating at every moment you're constantly tripping over shit you have no idea where the story's going you just want to deliver your package and invisible enemies are fucking you up. The game goes into slow motion every time something like you go into these rainy areas. The fucking little arm when you go out of the rainy areas has to do like a little wave at you, a little cute wave before it goes like, fuck off. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Give me a fucking heartbeat sensor or something. <clears throat> Put a dot on a mini map. So... Overall, at the end of all that, the problem is, is the game is just endlessly frustrating to play in, in every sense. I don't want to, I don't want to use their fucking upgrades because it's just more inventory management. I don't want to rock the baby back and forth. And normally the story could push me through, but they've given me nothing so far. I'm at the point where it's just not worth figuring out what the fuck is going on. That's the gist of it. Now, tell me how you think I'm wrong. Amazing. Every word of what you just said was wrong. (laughs) Go fuck yourself. (laughs) I mean, it's a good story. You really got to give it its chance. I gave it its fucking chance, dude. I don't know. If I can't tell where it's going and I'm three quarters of the way through it, I gave it its fucking chance. It's not compelling it enough to push forward through all the bullshit. Uh, I mean, it's one of those things where um, it's Kojima, first of all. We yeah, all I understand. know. I know that, but at least Metal Gear Solid had good gameplay. Well, yeah. I mean, the gameplay of this game is unique. That's about as much as you can say about it. It's a uh, it's a very unique game, and you know, yeah. Well, every shit I take is unique too. <laughs> uh, not mine. It's just a bullish snot. Uh, <laughs> I just, I, it's <clears throat> very difficult to pin down a game like that. I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and say that it's a masterpiece certainly not um yeah metal gear solid's obviously a better game 
But I mean, I never played Police Knots and shit. And maybe those games are great. I don't know. I just think Death Stranding is a good game. It's not a bad game. Uh, visually speaking, it's amazing. Really fucking well, good. Let looking. me clear the air. Um, I wouldn't say it's a bad game. It's definitely well made. It's definitely well thought out. I just can't. There's nothing for me there. I think there's some questionable design decisions. That doesn't mean that they weren't thought out. I just don't think they were right. Do you plan on playing the game at all ever again? Probably not. You don't want to give it a shot again on like a Monday or something. Maybe even today. I'd have to be super fucking bored. Well, let's get drunk. This is this. (laughs) I got to work tomorrow. But I mean, just think of it this way. I was so bored that I picked up Call of Duty again. And I'm finding well, more enjoyment with that. Well, maybe on the next podcast, we'll talk about spoilers. I really feel like talk about them now. It's fine. It's not like, well, even if thing- I do go back and play it, I don't really care. I feel like that ruins it to some degree <clears throat> because <clears throat> certain things are thrown in your face the whole time that just are stipulated on the idea that you don't know the point of it. Like that's, kind of the point is that you don't know the answer you know uh you're supposed to be confused about a lot of what's going on Uh, i can imagine and i I get that but they're not giving me any string any strands to pull on you know what i mean like obviously you know what the beach is to a degree you know everyone has their beach and when they die, that's where they go, and some people can use it, and some people have powers, or they can control the BTs, or teleport, or sense right. them, or whatever. Well, really my like speculation, here's here's what I think is, is going on, is that they, they keep talking about this extinction event, and they don't really say that the Death Stranding is the extinction event. So I think this mm-hmm. is like the lead up to some sort of extinction event that you're going to have to end up stopping. I think the, there's some kind of, I think there's some kind of like time overlap thing where the baby is Norman Reedus. I think that that's why there's like some connection and it's supposed to be broken, but you're supposed to have this connection because you're playing Norman Reedus, but the baby's also you somehow. Hmm. Well, and, when you talk, you get the Hartman after you cross across around those mountains and the distribution center thing. Yeah, what you, is with the fucking names of people? You got Hartman, <laughs> Die Hartman, Dead Man. Like this is a classic Kojima trope. He just but it's like extra fucking nomen- Kojima this time. Yeah, I know his naming coat nomenclature is a little crazy. Like I like Die Hard, so Die Hard Man. I'm the, I'm the Snake. What does that even mean? My name is Escape from LA men. Escape from LA men. Escape from New York men. <laughs> How did you get here? <laughs> I escaped from LA. <laughs> All right. Escape from LA is the 90s shitty sequel. Escape from New York is. No, don't you dare. LA is just as good. I like it more. What do you think about that, bitch? <laughs> wow. Well, I, I haven't seen it since I was a kid, so maybe it's worth a rewatch. Who knows? Uh, here's the thing with um, 
Yes, the names are weird, and I wouldn't want anybody to walk in on me playing that game that's not my wife, because my wife understands the kookiness that is Kojima, because she's played through the, she's watched me play through the whole Metal Gear Solids. Uh, she didn't watch me play Death Stranding, and that's okay. The thing about Death Stranding is Metal Gear Solid is like The Last of Us 1, and Death Stranding is like The Last of Us 2. It's not bad. It could be way better. And there are certain things that could have been done to make things just as good as the previous mentioned, but it's never going to be able to live up to what came before. Well, it's not just that. Like I said, I disagree with the design decisions. And I think when Kojima went into this, for some reason that may or may not become apparent, he wants the game to be frustrating. I think it's supposed to be frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely semblance of that. I, I don't, that's, in a game that's so mundane without the frustration, that just seems like a mistake to me. It's like I, when the game is so bland, but not, not that this is, but it would be like, imagine it's just all a flat fucking plane and you're just delivering packages. That's boring as fuck. So they got to yeah. put stuff in your way, but the stuff in your way isn't fun or challenging. It's just frustrating. And the tools that they give you to overcome that shit is also frustrating. Because you have to manage it on your fucking back and you got to fucking put it down and you never know. Like, do I need a fucking ladder? I don't know. I haven't really needed it in the past, but I really don't want to fucking carry it anymore. But as soon as you don't carry it, sure enough, man, I'd really like to have a fucking ladder right about now. (laughs) Yeah. I always carry one, one of those in a rope, but that goes with everything. Like it was okay when it was the, uh, the climbing rod and the ladder, but then it's a climbing rod and a ladder and a PCC and a zip line and a gun for BTs and a gun for humans and a bowl. Yeah, you it's don't like, carry zip lines. <clears throat> the, the, so the PCC is like, once you can make the zip line, that's far superior to roads because now you're in the, the area of, I'm going to build a bunch of fucking zip lines because you start a zip line and you can build the end point of it to its maximum distance by running out over there. So you, you put a zip line and you're like, okay, this is the start point. I'm going to run this way. And then you start going, how far can I get this away? And then you boom, plop it down and you end up making a network of zip lines. But again, that's only if you care about like a hundred percenting the game or stuff like that. None of that matters for the storyline. And I think that's not clear enough. I mean, there's. I'm sure there's people that pick that game up and well, straight away go well, to... Well, I'm somewhere in the middle. It. Like, if the game was more enjoyable, I wouldn't mind 100%ing it. But as it stands, it's like, I don't know if that zip line is actually going to be useful for, to do just the main story. So I got to fucking no. carry one. It's really not. Uh, and that that is a kind because of a problem. How much more don't... frustrating is it going to be <laughs> getting to these missions towards the end of the game where they expect you... They have these tools, but I just don't want to fucking carry them because they're so frustrating to use. You know, it's like, it's frustrating to carry them. It's frustrating to use them, but then it's also frustrating just trying to go by foot over a fucking mountain without a zip line or whatever. Well, fortunately you also do have the fact that the game does to its credit, uh, give you exactly what you need for boss fights. Like all of that is there and available. Uh, Oh, I also think Higgs is manipulating everything because he clearly knows what you're up to. He he snuck into that one building and gave you a nuke and tried to. So he he clearly has the power to just destroy everything. 
So for some reason I, I that I can't put my finger on, I think he wants you to connect the whole fucking thing. And I just got to the part where they have to give you a new Cupid because they there's some kind of problem with the one you've been using. I think that's mm-hmm. all Higgs. Well, see, so it does have some qualities to it that draw out your interest to some degree. Yeah, right, I but mean, I don't certainly... I don't care enough to keep playing it. It's just too well, frustrating to play. I can tell you that you're not that far off from the ending based off where you are. Uh, pretty much you meet up with Hartman and get... A, Hartman's kind of the... Uh, he's kind of the Otacon. You know, suddenly a lot of answers come forward once you meet Hartman. That's kind of how that goes. So, you know, meeting with him is pretty good. Well, I mean, I can I can see why this game is pretty divided. You got the people who didn't like it, but they're like, ah, I don't want to shit all over Kojima, so we'll just let this one fade out. And then there's the people who love it. And I think a lot of the people who love it are these Care Bear people. <laughs> Excuse me, sir? <laughs> Not just, but, I, you know, the people who get all the fucking likes on their bridge, they're like, I really want to help other people. I even tried to get some advice on Reddit just looking through some stuff, and they're like, yeah, because this game encourages you to actually not be an asshole and help other people out. It's like, yeah, but I don't like the game that much. Like, I just want to get through it, man. So a lot of these people who are all about like, yeah, let's build up the world and help each other and all this shit. And I'm just putting down do not enter signs at the beginning and fucking delivery. Do not <laughs> enter, bitch. <laughs> God, I wish I could see those. I would upvote them so heavily. It's a fun game. I think the game is definitely really good. Um, I think the gameplay is fun, especially if you just don't care about the story and want to just fucking deliver the packages and enjoy all the tools and stuff that you get yeah, access that, to. That wouldn't be bad, except for these fucking patches of asshole invisible enemies fucking you up. And again, yeah. I know it's not difficult to overcome them. It's just fucking frustrating, no matter how you deal with them. Yeah, I can under, I can understand that uh, hot take. Like honestly, if I had the time, if the game was more fun, I would probably go into every single one of those areas, purposefully get caught, and just go out there with fifty fucking grenades and just kill all the fucking BT, so I didn't have to deal with them anymore. But I just I don't. Do. I just don't fucking care enough. I don't want to put that much time into it just so I can deliver my packages faster. And also, I really have no idea when they're going to move me to a new area. I have half a mind to think that what's going to happen is you're going to get all the, all the way to the other side of the country. And then they're just going to force you to go all the way back to the very beginning. It's like, well, I hope you fucking built up these fucking areas because if you didn't, it's going to be fucking terrible for you. No, (coughs) it ain't like that. If you say so, well then tell me how it is. I don't care about spoilers. I really don't. I'd rather just, it's even have the knowledge of what happened so that I can put, put it to rest. It's even better. That's why I'm, I really hate the idea of telling you what happens. (laughs) Like it's such a Kojima thing. And I feel like you'd appreciate it because we both appreciate Kojima being a troll. I feel like is a thing. I don't know. Uh, it's, I mean, it's I, tough. it, I, I took a break from that game to fall, to play fallout with Monty and I had to force myself to pick it up again. And I played it for maybe 20 minutes and I'm like, I just don't, I don't want to play this. 
I had no drive to continue playing it. Well, that's Monty's fault. No, it's not Monty's fault. <laughs> we were having a great time, and then Monty suddenly like, oh, now I'll play Fallout 4. <laughs> or something like that. That's how no, it sounds. It really, it really had nothing to do with Monty. I just, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, man, I'd, I'd really like to be playing another game right now. You know, and then there's the completionist part of me that's like, I need to power through this. But it seems like I have a long way to go. And every minute, it's going to be like the fucking castle level of Resident Evil 4. Yeah, like, oh, fuck this part again. <laughs> and every part of the game is going to be like that. Like, oh, fuck. Great. So when I'm sitting there just trying to get from point A to point B in an area I've already unlocked, and I want to throw my fucking controller across the room, and I got Die Hardman in the mass telling me, well, after you make it here, it's going to get tricky. Like, I don't want it to get tricky. I'm fucking done. <laughs> I don't want it. What do you mean it's going to get tricky? This whole game is fucking bullshit. <laughs> uh, Bill Clinton, the video game. Tricky Dicky. That, that's Nixon. Tricky Dick. Uh, uh, one is Tricky Dick. One has a Tricky Dick. <laughs> That's true. All right, all right. So, what what do you have to say? I'll stop interrupting you. I mean, I just I don't know. It's a I like it. I don't, I, <laughs> I think I like the gameplay. I I don't mind invisible enemies. I know it's your pet peeve, and I could definitely see. And people have said this, and I've agreed with them when it comes to like watching uh, other. Uh, podcasts and stuff and what their take on it is is I, I do agree with them when they say like this game would be amazing if there were no enemies yeah I said um, that <clears throat> I literally just said this I said it the first time I encountered them the first time I had to go through one of these areas be like you know this game wouldn't be any worse if there was no enemies because they yeah. try to act like it's stealth Right, you're trying to like, okay, it's Kojima. There's going to be some stealth. It's not stealth. It's fucking crouching. Just crouch walk. <laughs> like you don't. All you have to do is stay outside of their radius of influence and crouch until you make it through. Right. There's no like line of sight. There's no hiding behind shit. You should stop. Okay. There's an enemy here, 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 and here. I'm gonna go this way. Boop 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 boop. Okay. Let's stop. Okay. There's an enemy. Throw a grenade at it, and here we go. And it's just that. But, I mean, you'd be better off just letting them capture you, killing the boss, going back to your fucking bike, and driving the bike through the area. And the thing is, is like every time I come across that area, first of all, it puts you in slow motion every time you enter it, which is super annoying. I turned it, I turned the option off so it only does it once. Even that once is annoying because, not just because it goes into slow motion, but because if you're on a vehicle, it'll stop your vehicle. Yeah. I don't know if that's an option to turn that off, but it's, that's a terrible one. But it's it stops your vehicle, comes out of slow motion, and then there's like three to five seconds where you can't fucking move. It's just little shit like that that's just frustrating. Mm. I mean, I agree with that. That is definitely not cool, Kojima. I mean, the the concepts are fine. Like, hey, you know, this is going to be a world that all the players build together and 
you're going to have all these fucking things you can use once you connect the network and all that. And like, yeah, that that's all fine and everything, but like all it's doing is bypassing the gameplay, which in my case is kind of a good thing because crouch walking through a bunch of BTs is not great. Mm. They like to put like time limits on shit for certain missions where you're like, Okay, you got to go through this BT infested area and you got to do it in this amount of time. And you also have all this rain that's degrading all your shit and there's nothing you can really do about it. So, I don't know, build a fucking time fall shelter, I guess. Build a wall. <laughs> so, I mean, how close am I? Is that really how the story pans out? Like Higgs is in charge of everything. You got to walk back across the country. Your fucking sister mom is is the extinction event thing. Some crazy shit. You're like Norman Reedus well, like is the said, baby. The heart, you know, Hartman is like the uh, Otacon, where once you get to that point in the game, uh, he reveals a lot of information and things like that in terms of what's okay, going well, on. Channel your inner Otacon. But uh, <laughs> I'll just uh, piss myself. Piss myself. <laughs> Uh, but hurts me, you know, having to do this. Um, well, you are clearly more invested in the story than I am because I, ju- I just, I don't, I don't care. And part of it is that I just like, and none of the characters, I don't really care how it ends up. I, I mean, I will say the character writing is pretty atrocious. Like these characters are pretty bad. They're not good characters. Um, it's cool to see Del Toro and Norman Reedus and all that. That's all cool. But see, the but, thing is, it's actually maybe I should identify with this game a little bit more because Norman Reedus kind of embodies my whole mentality. He just he doesn't want to do any of this. Exactly. <laughs> like, I thought you. I honestly thought you would connect with that a whole lot more <laughs> than you have. Uh, like this is this is your thing, man. <laughs> like this is holy shit. Uh, I mean, but, in in his situation, I would totally let the world burn. Please go connect everything. No, I don't. I don't want to. Why? Give me something. Tell me. Give me a good fucking reason to. Well, well, we'll tell I, you at the end. Like no, <laughs> I paid sixty fucking right. dollars. I can wait I a little $60. bit. <laughs> Tell me the end of the game. <laughs> I don't need to know the end of the game. It's just like, give me a fucking story to follow. They just keep telling me to do shit and like, boo, all your shit's broken. Oh, what does that mean? Oh, nothing. Don't worry about it. Just keep connecting shit. Uh, no, the same thing with the nuke. Like some shady guy comes up and tells you to deliver a package. And I'm sitting there like, can I question this? This is clearly <laughs> not right here. And it's like, oh, no, just do it. Just do it until someone tells you to go do something else. And sure enough, uh, that's a nuke. Probably should go and throw it into the lake. Okay, great. I was going to do something like that on my own, but I needed the game to tell me. I was saying this before it was cool to say this. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, well, spoilers ahead, I guess. Part of the allure for me in this game is uh, I do have a bit of a completionist streak in me to some degree if the game is good enough. Uh, I like the aspect of accomplishment. I 
the game doesn't have a giant challenge feel to it, which is nice because too many games try to associate accomplishment and challenge as the same thing. Uh, it's fun to complete mundane, shitty tasks that aren't difficult to do at all. That's fun to do. Uh, not every fucking task has to be a goddamn challenge game, developers. So, you know, get with that shit. But Well, that's the thing. is like, it's, it's the enemies aren't really a challenge. It's the terrain that's a challenge. But it's a challenge because of frustration. It's a challenge that doesn't... It's an artificial challenge. It's like, I just want to... I want to ride this fucking trike through this semi-flat area, but you're going to make me fucking stop every time I encounter an enemy. You're going to fucking make me hit every fucking rock on the way there. What I'm saying is like, and every, there are a lot of things in the game like that where it's too much ideology and not enough execution of video game, you know, and this is kind of a thing Kojima has done in the past where, you can see the differences here versus Metal Gear Solid. You know, you watch these documentaries on Metal Gear Solid Two and stuff like that, and uh, the it's my favorite. They'll one, interview. By the way. They'll interview. They'll interview some of the fucking people that are just like, you know, he comes to me and he's like, I wanted to make it where when you knock on the poster, it goes, uh, you know, I want to do that. And then the next day he comes in and he goes, so did you do that? And I'm like, oh, you were serious. <laughs> like, yeah, I feel like with Metal Gear Solid, there were people keeping Kojima in check to some degree. And here we see nobody's doing that. <laughs> like this is, yeah. I feel like this There's is no the Konami. The rain I, I feel like this is the result of just letting him do whatever the fuck he wants. Um, and that's not necessarily bad, but you do need to have some balance in your life. And I kind of agree with this. It's one of the, listen, we talked about this earlier and I, this is a little political and this game's a little political. So I'll say it a little bit. Like I'm not against homosexuality. I don't, I don't care what you do with your life, but I do think that there's a lot to benefit from having the opposite sex in your life. Because as a man, when I hang out with my friends, we don't really argue a lot. We don't disagree a whole lot. And that's not because we, have the same ideas it's because as men we don't typically um operate on the same level that a female might can't wait for you to tie this back into death stranding (laughs) well so you know when so uh moral story (laughs) so you know when um and that doesn't mean there's no outliers okay don't get me wrong yes there's tomboys and shit like that and there's guys that behave like girls that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about in a general sense men and women typically have different processes and different thought patterns of the way that situations are handled and by having a woman in your life as a man or vice versa you have it's a challenge it's you're challenged all the time by that person's worldview and this could definitely be the be the case with the same sex but i find seconds be right back I find that that's often not the case when it comes to my male friends. Like, yes, we will have disagreements and we can lead to discussion. But, you know, when it comes to women, I'm typically it's a it's a consistent challenge. It's not a constant uh, debate or argument that I'm talking about. I'm talking about like everything when when my friends and I get together as men and we talk about something that uh, is difficult in one of our lives, like 
you know, the, just the other day I was telling my friends why I went to my aunt's house because she's got terminally cancer and all that stuff. Nobody in the group is trying to tiptoe around me to, because they're worried about how I'm feeling or anything like that. You know, there's, there's, there's nothing along those levels and they understand that because I also don't feel the need to tiptoe around them whenever they're talking about situations like that. But when it comes to women, typically you'll find that you, and again, not the case across the board, but typically you'll find that you have to be a little more okay. delicate when you're dealing with the feelings of a woman or something like that. So you have to, there is a definite difference between men and women when it comes to behavioral patterns and certain aspects of our lives and having a woman in your life as you a shouldn't man, have to explain it. I mean, it's, it's pretty whatever. obvious having, having a woman in your life as a man and having a man in your life as a woman does provide a challenge from a differing perspective. I mean, it's difficult to get this across to women, but men's sex is sex for men is miles different than sex for women. Now I know it's difficult for anyone to hear that and go, how could you know you're not a woman? Because I've talked to women and I see how women think of sex and treat sex. And I know without a doubt that it is different for like men desire sex like a fish desires water. Okay. Women desire sex like a fish desires food. They want it and it can be very good for them and they probably need it. But I wouldn't even say food, something that you don't like women can go without sex and have no real effect on their psychology, whereas it's been proven that men, you know, have psychological detriment whenever they go without sex for long, long periods of time. Uh, For men, it's like (laughs) it's almost an anxious urge to need to do that for women. They can get by without it. Now, certain again. There are people, I got is I shouldn't have to say this, but there are people out there that are it's different. So if you feel differently as a woman, I'm not talking about you. But in general, you'll find that women can write off sex for the rest of their life a lot easier than men can in general. In a general aspect, if you were to look at the population generally and, and do, you know, some nice little Well, well that's a question. That. Would you rather but, never have sex again? Or never play video games again. I'll never play video games again. Bro. <laughs> That's a really tough. Honestly, it's a tough question because <laughs> I can. The problem is you got to take <clears throat> jerking off out of the equation. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. You'll. I think you'll find that men definitely masturbate way often more often than women, and I don't think it has anything to do with exposure to pornography because it happens across all cultures. And uh, men will sexualize. You can try as hard as you can to cover up women and desexualize them. It just doesn't work. You look at uh, Arabic men, for example, they consider the hair to be very sexually attractive because it's covered up by hijabs and things like that. Um, <clears throat> All right. And then well, you look at like the where here? women's titties hang out. They're not fucking things. The <clears throat> point is, I think you have Kojima has to have in order to have somebody when, when you're making art, when you're writing anything like that, you have to have outside um, commentary to some degree or the other. If you were to put somebody in a room and have them make a movie or some piece of art or something like that and bring it out, there's going to be a lot of people that like it. 
But there's also going to be the kind of people that look at it and nitpick it a little bit and say, "Mm, this eye is a little bigger than that eye. And while some people might look at that and go, well, you're an asshole for even saying that, or I think the art looks perfect, leave it the way it is. That person saying that to the, to the artist is something that the artist might not even notice. I mean, there's certainly a lot of people that look at their own stuff and go, mm, I'm not okay with this. And a lot of people will go, that looks great. But it's not a negative thing to have somebody come to you and say the same thing that you've been thinking or maybe you didn't even think of in it that, that is negative because you can grow from that and you can learn from that. Um, so, you know, if I make a table and one of the feet's just slightly shorter than the other one and it has a little wobble to it, yeah, it's still, it is impressive that I made an entire table. Uh, but, and, and not everybody's a perfectionist, so whatever. But but it doesn't mean that you can't, by f- receiving that feedback that is in, in, in essence negative, make the table better next time by, in the sense that it doesn't wobble. And no, I'm not going to subscribe to the idea that all things are fucking perfect, no matter how fucking flawed they are. You can suck my dick on that. Uh, Metal Gear Solid, I think, had a lot of people around Kojima at the time challenging some of his ideas and views. And because he doesn't have that now, you're, you're seeing somebody that's not being challenged on any of the decisions he's making. And while Kojima is really good at making video games and interesting ideas and coming up with little nuances and things like that that we expect in video games. I mean, you look at Metal Gear Solid Five; the game is close to a masterpiece. It just didn't get to get finished, you know? Uh, you look at the gameplay, even just tiny little things that a lot of games don't even put in these days. It's starting to become more of a thing, but Kojima started doing that way back in the early days was what I like to call nuances in the game's gameplay like little things where you'll walk past a wall and he'll put his hand on the wall these kind of things aren't necessary in the gameplay but it it's just some magical thing that as a gamer it you just recognize and it attaches you to the game more and games that do that typically are considered better quality games than the ones that don't you know, Minecraft is certainly a good game, but imagine Minecraft built to that degree where there's so many little details of things like that and stuff in it. Now, now you're in the area of almost a damn near perfect fucking survival game. Uh, <clears throat> so I think the problem with Kojima here is he's not being challenged, and that's my point. You got to have somebody around you challenging you to some degree, and I'm not saying you got to be challenged constantly. But you got to have somebody to say to you, like, I don't know if that's a good idea. You know, I don't know if you should shoot that black tar heroin into your arm there. Well, I mean, this is just it. proof of that. I mean, sure. He had to come out and be like, I'm free. I'm going to do what I want. And he did it. And it's like, eh, maybe yeah. next time get a second opinion on some things. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> that's really what it comes down to is, uh, you, you gotta have that. It's that, it's uh, weird. It's like all, all the concepts and stuff that he's trying to shoehorn into this game. I I don't know. I guess I just have a problem with it being like a full length major fucking game where he's trying to put this odd shit to like prove a point or get get an idea across. When I think that would be better for like a $20 short game, right? Like I could deal with the frustration if the story moved faster, if it was kind of like, 
I mean, I would say it is an epic story, epic game. Like, so I may have said something completely different when we first talked about this on the podcast because at the time I had played the game fresh and thought about it a lot. So sorry if I say some things differently than what I said then now. But the thing is, when it comes to this game, I've talked about the gameplay a lot. I think the gameplay is really good in terms of when you shoot, the shooting feels good. When you do the abilities against enemies, it feels good. Like somebody may not agree with the general aspect of the game's gameplay, but it's very well made in those aspects. Like, um, you never really feel like when you're shooting at an enemy or throwing a grenade at an enemy or anything like that, that you're being cheated by the game. There's some kind of mechanic that just sucks or something like that. Um, and then, you know, to be fair, it is very simplistic. The enemies you're dealing with on both sides are simple enemies, and they're really kind of just a side effect to the game. You, know, you have these boss fights that aren't very difficult at all. A lot of this game is narrative-driven, and if you don't connect to the story at all, you're probably not going to enjoy it that much unless you're just the kind of person that loves the idea of being an Amazon delivery boy. Um, with a cool, lot of cool gadgets. I'm a delivery boy. <laughs> with a lot of cool <laughs> gadgets. Yeah, with fry. If you're fry, uh, then you're gonna love this because the ga- I mean, it's listen. I played the game. When I got to the second area, I stopped progressing the story pretty heavily, and uh, I put zip lines around the whole fucking map in that second area, all the way up in the mountains to all the way down. And it's pretty cool because you, you know the it takes some time. It spends some time getting you around those mountains. And, and then you're, you know, you've done all this shit down at the base of the mountains with the weather facility and all that shit. And I spent so much time going back and forth, doing missions for those people, building the roads. And then the, I built the road all the way out to where that girl's at that dies, right? Where you have to take her body to her twin sister or some shit. And then like you, you build the road and it goes up into the mountains and now we're like, oh, man, this is cool. We're going up into the mountains. It goes all the way around. And now we're at the northern part of these mountains. And you go and you see Hartman and all this shit. And he gives you all this background info about different the different extinction events that have happened on Earth and all that. And how every time, you know, once they discovered the, the beaches and shit, they were able to start finding Kyrillium. When they looked back on all these different extinction events, Kyrillium was there. So every extinction event that has happened has had some kind of this like crossing over effect happening right up into the moment where it happened. And, um, you know, I put fucking, I, I get the zip line. I'm like, this is fucking cool. I put the zip line everywhere. And I, now I'm back down in this area I was originally in. And it felt almost like it was foreign to me because I, it felt so long ago. I was just down in the same area. I had zip lines everywhere man like <laughs> i just fucking zip 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 to wherever the fuck i want to go and i'm just delivering all these packages and then i'm like okay i guess i should finish the game and maybe i'll 100 percent it when we get it on pc or something like that so i continue the story and the story is not very long after that uh you know when you go after you go up into the mountains and talk to hartman and all that stuff and he gives you some stuff to do you end up going down into the southwest area of the map where uh, I don't remember exactly what it is. It's this ocean you have to travel across. You have to get across this 
sea area. It's it's really a crater that existed there from a previous nuke. And listen, there's a lot of cringy shit. Like Lena, Leia Seidel's character, fragile or fragile, whatever. Oh, yeah, she's made a cringe, dude. She that is it's it really made a cringe. There's a lot of cringe. And you get this a lot in Kojima games. And the problem here is that he's Japanese. I'm not saying that's necessarily a problem. I'm saying the problem is that he's Japanese. <laughs> Jap- <laughs> Japanese people. I just said he had a fucking problem. <laughs> Japanese people don't cringe like we do. They don't consider things like certain things cringe. You know, when I was a teenager it was not very difficult for me to jump around in my bedroom, even as a teenager, like uh, 15, 16 years old, jump around in my bedroom, you know, after watching Dragon Ball Z or something and just in my head daydream out stupid shit. But as I'm an adult, that shit's cringy. You know, I'm not, can you imagine being caught doing, like we like to laugh at that in like a comedy and stuff like, Oh, this adult acting like a child, but it's cringy. <laughs> it's cringy to see an adult doing that seriously. As, like that's why we cringe when we see furries. That's why we cringe when we see, because th- these are adults dressing up as animals. It's not whether it's a sexual fetish or not, or some kind of identification lifestyle. They're still pretending that they're anthropomorphic animals. It's very similar to getting, you know, going to your bedroom at 33 years old and putting on a suit and pretending you're Star Fox. What's the fucking difference? It's the same reason we cringe at Nintendo nerds that, listen, I like Nintendo games. I like Breath of the Wild. It's a very good game, but it's different to be like, oh man, I can't wait for the next Pokemon and I'm going to fucking Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon. Oh man, yeah, I fucking, oh man, fucking Animal Crossing, man. Animal Crossing is a, game for children and women okay stop it's fucking cringy like you you you're gonna well, what are you gonna do i didn't do? even like animal crossing a- i remember when you know gamecube was uh current gen and them announcing that resident evil was gonna be exclusive to fucking uh gamecube and being completely pissed and i'm like so your fucking product lineup is mario pikmin and resident evil fuck that listen and if I you're a 33 year old man if you're a 33 year old grown man or something around that area and you're not gay, you probably shouldn't play Animal Crossing. Listen, I'm not going to gatekeep and say you can't do that. Do whatever you want, but just know that that is cringe. It's cringe, and you have to deal with that. You have to live with that. You have to live with you are a cringy person. That's reality. And in Japan, it's not like that. In Japan, and that's why you see a lot of these people who play those games and take a part of that culture like uh furries and shit are highly into japanese culture listen i was i enjoy some anime shows that i think were good i don't think any of the new ones are good there are probably some good ones out there i just can't bring myself to try and watch them because i get disappointed every time because everything these days are like henna type bullshit like eh, it's a fucking bubbly girl in front and she's in school and blah. it's just like dude I can't like Full Metal Alchemist, Cowboy Bebop, shit with good storylines, fucking Ghost in the Shell. I'll give you that any day of the week, but I can't get into this fucking uh, she's a schoolgirl and isn't it fucking ironic Alanis Morissette shit. Like I can't. Okay? 
So, of course, furries and stuff like that subscribe to Japanese culture. In Japan, the idea of that being cringe doesn't exist, okay? They think you're cool as fuck. If If you're not concerned in Japan, that's fucking cool, okay? To this day, it's still like that. All right, I know about Japanese culture because I I watch a lot of Japanese cuisine shit and and variety shows and things like that and comedy shows because Japan does have a really good comedy scene and it's pretty fucking funny. Um, most of them aren't cringe at all, but the thing is, like, and I see what they're ta- like. The, you know, they all still subscribe to that idea. Like, you know, in the nineteen nineties. A guy walking away from an explosion and not looking back at the explosion was considered cool. It's called the cool. Denzel maneuver. Yeah, it's it's cool, <laughs> right? In Japan, it's it's the similar concept, but on a high degree of like he's not bothered. If you're not bothered by something, like if the if the earth quakes and everybody gets freaked out, but you're not, you're cool. Yeah, it's that's like what a, cool apocalypse is now, right? Where the Right. Like, I love to smell a napalm in the morning. He's just like walking right. out with a fucking cigar right. in his mouth. And that translates into everything. Now, in a movie, that works as we watch that, and that's the hero character. But somebody acting like that in real life, nobody's going to go. When the earth is shaking and there's a guy standing up and everybody's getting under their desk, nobody's going to go, oh my God, he's so cool. They're going to go, get down, you fucking idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to act all cool and then you're going to get a Volvo to the face. <laughs> like, it's, it's, so you know that's still a thing in japan so you get a lot of that in in, in hideo kojima's work you see it in metal gear solid right with things like vamp here in america we look at vamp and we go okay that's cringe but in japan they're like this guy's so cool like that's the cultural difference there okay so yeah when you have a character like lena seidel's you know uh Fucking I am fragile. I'm, I'm fragile, not that fragile, but I'm not oh that fragile. Oh my god! Fragile. How many fucking times do you have to say that? <laughs> it's so cringe, but in Japan, it's like poetic or some shit. Like it's not, it's not cringy at all, man. Like, it, but it is here in America. So you, at, when you go into Kojima games, you gotta, you gotta understand that's coming. You got to be ready for Fuck, that. Everything and, I said is me completely getting Kojima. I get the Kojima. Yeah, of course. No, I'm not saying to you. I'm just saying, I'm just talking about it openly. So, you know, that that is definitely a thing. And, um, you know, it's one of those things where you can kind of look past it. People like us who enjoy uh, Kojima games, we understand that's coming and we prepare for it. And, uh, you know, we just, we just kind of look past it, but, uh, you get a lot of that in Kojima games. Um, <laughs> God. And so uh, it's just to talk about fragile's character here. You know, you, you get a lot of that from her. Um, <laughs> fortunately that story doesn't go really beyond that. You know, you get the little segment i don't know if you got it i think you get it when they make a run across the fucking thing yeah what fucked her body up yeah so you know kojima likes to do stupid stuff like that like oh she's the rainfall also doesn't make a whole lot of sense like you're telling me that you put a fucking hood up and nothing hits your face oh yeah (laughs) It's, it's magic (laughs) <laughs> I, I, okay i mean i'll suspend my disbelief that just seems 
Yeah. A little yeah. weird. Yeah. That yeah. that's probably the most like contrived part of the whole fucking story. Is like, well, wait a minute. If rain kind of splatters when it, oh well, it, it it doesn't have its magic anymore once it hits something. Like, okay, I guess, but <laughs> whatever. It's been difficult to come up with. Honestly. I mean, let's so say plants grow and die repeatedly over the course of like ten seconds is a whole cycle, but like all my packages degrade in like half an hour, not instantly. <laughs> also, the clothes I'm wearing are fine. Like. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Trying to make sense of it or something. <laughs> make sense if you don't think about it. What is some kind of sense making homosexual? Anyways, um, I think Troy Baker's character is pretty good. <clears throat> um, you know, I haven't seen much of him yet. <clears throat> I do like that character. I think he's pretty good. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, of course he wants you to fucking connect everything because, you know, he's the bad guy and he's, it's not necessarily that, um, your sister mom is bad. It's that she's kind of being manipulated, you know? <clears throat> so, you know, what are you going to Okay. Well, so what's the what's the end game? Anyways, I'll get to it. I'll finish what I'm saying here. So <clears throat> all right. So um you know, you you get your little nuances like that. Uh and then you head out west across the water, and that's a pretty cool segment. I don't remember exactly how it happens, but you don't just take a boat. I think you have to like you to do something. Yeah, you do something that allows you to traverse the water on, like, building tops or something like that. I think you, like, have a monster spawn or something, and then, it you know, the monster spawns these buildings that come up, so you just keep taking the buildings all the way to the other side or something. The boss battle kind of scripted like that, and I, I think that kind of works out pretty well. Uh, you know, it's not terrible to any real degree. I thought it was pretty good, but, um, you know, you, uh, you end up doing that shit and you get across to the other side and now you're in California and it's a pretty small area. I remember because, uh, you land on the shore and then you walk through what feels like, uh, the dilapidated city. It's almost feels like a strip mall location. Uh, and you're going through it, and you get these new enemies that you've never run into before. That they're like these orb guys that are visible, and you get too close, and something I don't remember exactly what happens or whatever. So you got to sneak around them. Not really sneak. You just got to move around them, and you get to uh, the end there, and you find Amelie. And uh oh, this was the point all along. You were supposed to connect all points so that you can help kickstart the extinction event because being connected or something with the chiral network, something, something extinction event. Again, I don't, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head because it, even though the story is decent, in my opinion, it's not something that I followed heavily to the point where I remembered every detail of it. That's not to say it's not a decent story. 
it's just you know it's not heavily memorable is its problem it's seems like he came up with some kind of theme some kind of moral he wanted to teach and then kind of shoehorned some kind of story connections right kojima likes to do that stupid shit like yeah yeah, here's a here's a theme like look at all these people i'm connected to fucking guillermo del toro and yeah he's he's also kind of He's also kind of commentating on the state of things with like the ideal of, uh, you know, uh, likes and social media and all of that shit. And how they're pointless. And how they're pointless, I guess. (laughs) I mean, what is he trying to say? Is he trying to say that they're important and that, you know, the more you get, the better of a person you are or that it doesn't matter however many you get because they mean nothing. Maybe both. (laughs) I don't know. Why not the both? They make uh, you feel good, but they're also meaningless. Meaningless. Uh, so it's uh, some crap where like Amelie isn't in control of herself or something like that. I don't remember exactly. Uh, and then you know the the character of Troy Baker is Troy Baker's character is you know highly manipulative fucking dude um, who used to be like Norman, but now he's like learned the truth and thinks that and humanity what's, what's, shouldn't what's exist. Uh, that humanity shouldn't exist and the extinction event is part of the process that continues to happen over and over. So apparently Amelie is the extinction entity. So Every extinction event has an extinction entity, and it has to do with intradimensional shit and how she is the one that's allowing all this to happen. So the only reason why all the dead are capable of coming back from the other side and people are able to go to the beaches is because of her. It all stems from her. Uh, So you have to kill her or the end of the world. But far as i remember you don't kill her i mean um, do you even get a choice in the matter i don't it, I, there's definitely two endings or some shit like that if i recall fuck it's been so long i'd have to look into it but um <clears throat> hold on real quick it just seems I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't give you a choice on how the game ends because they didn't give you a choice about delivering that new. So it is, it is one ending. Yeah, it's not a choice. Um, okay, so just refreshing here from this. Um, so you find out through all the flashbacks with Cliff that he was in a laboratory with his wife, and his wife gave birth to BB, and. Uh, you know, this was an experiment that they were working on. You, know, you, you see a uh, diehard man without his mask back then working with Cliff, a good, a good friend, friend of Cliff. Um, and then, you know, Bridget is there, not Amelie, but Bridget. And apparently like Bridget is the. Uh, Bridget is like the. Uh, the physical manifestation of Amelie or something like that. And, and Amelie is the extinction entity that can somehow cross over from both sides. So she's not even 
a real person? Was she ever a real person? Well, she is. It's a, it's a separation. So it's the cause of the, so Bridget and Amelie's separation is the cause of the death stranding. Um, so basically Bridget's, yeah, but why her? Why is she so special? Is it just random? Well, it's just a random, I think. I think it's supposed to be like a random occurrence where a human became the extinction entity and then there was a split due to the bridge, so there were two variations there. Um, <clears throat> so you find out that... Uh, Well, hold on. Let me just see this article here. I'm going to just kind of come off of Cliff Notes on this. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even met Cliff, I don't think. Uh, this breaks down the characters. I'll give you my thing, and then I'll break down the characters here just to give you a, a thorough through on it. But So, from my memory, you fight. Higgs shows up after you connect everything and tells you the whole thing about her being the extinction vit and how you played right into his hands and all that stuff yeah, of course uh he summons this big walking fucking colossus thing and then him and her get sucked into it and you got to defeat them uh so you fight very metal gear style fucking boss fight with a giant enemy and you have a rocket launcher <laughs> like that's okay pretty standard right uh and then you defeat him but higgs gets away with amelie like he's going to take her to the place that they need to go to or something for the extinction. And um, he like shoots at you and it hits the baby and you get shot and you repatriate and take the baby and you want to save it or whatever. So you, you take it to some, some place. I don't remember exactly where I did to, to get it fixed or whatever. Or, and sorry, you don't take it to get it's, it's like uh it's fine, apparently, but it's, you know, the case is cracked now, so it's not going to be able to live in this fucking thing forever. You you have to go all the way across back to Capital Knot City from the west to the east. But the time fall... <laughs> so you, fall do, you do have to go all the way across the fucking country again. But the time fall has caused all of your shit to deteriorate into nothingness. <laughs> God, <laughs> what a Kojima troll! I know it, it, it's. it's I knew very it was going to be little, some stupid bullshit. No like enemy that. encounters. It's a very, very much a cinematic journey back, um, where you're kind of, you know, you're just doing yeah, it on. I'm foot. sure it is when, uh, you know, all the the player structures are there. Well, because you've lost and the world's going to end, so you get back to the east coast, and some conversations are had, and. The big revelations is you watch the the flashback with uh, Cliff and the and BB, you know, Mad Milkinson's character. Oh, that's Cliff. And, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you you watch this whole segment where, it, you know, you're finally seeing the full segment that happened where he tried to escape with BB and he gets shot, and Bridget walks into the room wearing the Die Hardman mask at the time. And wants the ba- the baby back, and it, you know, they they're shocked to find that he took the baby out of the case because these babies are supposed to only have like two year lifespans, and this is his kid that has been experimented on, and he was led to believe that you know he was lied to, 
and didn't know that it was they were setting it up to be like a you you know it's they're only going to live for a certain amount of time and we're going to decommission them after a certain period of time and he didn't want that to happen there's nothing built into it that kills them they just you know they fucking scorch them or some shit like they had tried to have you do at the beginning of the game uh but it turns out that every time you plug into the baby it's not the baby's memories it's your memory because cliff is your father and you were the baby good god i should write a fucking video game holy shit (laughs) uh it's one of those things that you can definitely see coming but um, yeah well every time you repatriate the baby's inside you right (laughs) so Plus, they talk about how you have a unique connection and shit. You find out that his name is Cliff Bridges, and you're Sam Bridges, and whatever. And uh, I'm pretty sure that you get you uh, you have to find Amelie. So you find out that you share a beach with Am like Amelie either shares a beach with you or can come to your beach. Like she found you. Like when Cliff got shot. Um, the baby got shot as well. Sam got shot. That's why he's got the scar on his stomach. Um, so they uh, he dies, and she goes to his beach and finds him and brings him back. And that's why there's those cutscenes with him as a kid uh, on the beach with her and all that stuff. And they played it out like. You know, that's why he thinks it's his mother and all that. Okay, but why are there two of them? She raised him and all that. Okay, so I'll just go over this here. Uh, Cliff Unger, after defeating Higgs and learning that Amelie is an extinction entity, Sam is sucked inside a supercell storm uh, deposited in Vietnam. After another fight, you'll uh, embolize Clifford, who will try to take BB, telling it that we're getting out of here. Sam theorizes that Cliff is BB's father. Cliff finally addresses Sam saying, they told me your name was Sam Porter, but your name is Sam Bridges. My bridge to the future. You bring people together. You're their bridge to the future. So there's a lot of like, you know, poetic shit in there with his lines from Kojima. Keep in mind that later it's important. He then gives Sam with his dog tags, which Sam attaches to BB later on. So throughout the game, We've been drip-fed BB's memories of Cliff and given the knowledge that uh, they there were unethical experiments conducted by President Bridget Strand to create bridge babies to try and understand the BTs that arose from the Death Stranding event. In these flashbacks, we've also seen an unmasked diehard man trying to help Cliff and save BB and his comatose, and his comatose wife. Sam lands back in the real world, and in the private room, he tells Deadman that he thinks his BB that he's been calling Lou is Cliff's child. Deadman notes that this is impossible because, because Cliff would be too old for that. He then shows Sam a video of Die Hard Man for Bridges Eyes Only, where he points out that nobody has met Am- Amelie in person. Sam counters this, noting that he's touched her and met her lots of times when he was a child. Deadman says that this is correct, but he, the meetings took place on Amelie's beach, not the real world. Amelie was born on the beach, her soul remained, or ha, as they call it in the game, which is a Japanese thing, remained there whilst her physical body, her ka, came to the real world. This meant she spent her childhood in the hospital before learning to jump between the afterlife and the real world when she was in her 20s. Die Hard Man then relays that Bridget was diagnosed with uterine cancer in her 20s and therefore can't have kids. So Amelie can't be her daughter, as the game made us believe. 
Die Hard Man then alleges that Amelie and Bridget's separation must be the cause of the Death Stranding and accepts an invitation from her to her beach. He brings a gun with him loaded with hemetic rounds made from the anti-BT Sam's blood, which connects the trio. This allowed him to take it to her beach and try to kill her. And this hologram recording is actually happening before and explaining the scene where she, we saw Clifford rise from the beach and greet Bridget and Die Hard Man. Fragile Sam uh, tells Sam what Higgs told her, that the terrorists void out and plan to summon another extinction event, in this case the last stranding, refer to the previous death strandings recorded in fossil records and cave paintings as mentioned by Hartman was Amelie's idea. Higgs was caught up in the allure of Amelie's BT controlling power, corrupted and turned into the agent of extinction. Fragile then reveals a broken doll used by Higgs to connect him and Amelie to her beach, blah, 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 a bunch of shit like that. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Sam gets back to Capital Not City, find the whole team back together. Hartman cuts in to say that Amelie's beach is above all other forms of the afterlife. Her beach is the heart of the afterlife that pumps blood through the other beaches, which act like capillaries. She is essentially the goddess of the afterlife, or the god of death. Sam decides to see Amelie and try to talk her out of the last stranding. He'll have to kill her if she won't see reason, but it means Sam will be stranded outside of the world forever. Sam then delivers an emotional speech about how emotionally stunted and misanthropic he was at the start of the game and how his new friends have made him believe in living again. He hands his BB See, to the bridge. See, that just seems really weird to me because throughout the whole game, every time you meet someone new, you never fucking talk. You just stand right. there while they talk at you. And you don't ever have physical <laughs> interaction with any of the main characters except for the beginning and the end. Right. So it, it's, it's a, one it's of those things sudden. where it's, it's like telling, not showing, right? Right. It's a, it's a bit su- sudden and doesn't show enough. Yes, exactly. Uh, in a flashback, we see Amelie picking up a baby Sam and swaddling him. She says she'll help him get home via her repatriation powers. Baby Sam sinks into the seam, and now we know where Sam got his ability to return from the dead. Adult Sam wakes up on Amelie's beach, the nexus of the afterlife. Bridget confirms to Sam that Amelie, her daughter, doesn't exist in the physical world. Amelie and Bridget are both parts of the same person. Essentially, neither name matters. Amelie and Bridget's real identity is that of an extinction entity, a harbinger of doom whose sole purpose is to usher in a new mass extinction that occurs every specific period of time. The extinction entity explains that in connecting America, Sam linked each prepper and station and thereby every soul in America to her master beach, enabling the extinction event. This was the goal all along. Sam can prevent the last stranding from happening by severing his connection to the extinction entity, but he loves her which makes the choice difficult for him. And this is something the game doesn't do very well. And I kind of understand it. You can't really have a game showing him grow up, I guess, but you're supposed to just assume like, yeah, he sees this woman as his mother because that's who he was raised by from child from, from being a baby, but they do a pretty poor job with the, and I feel like it's Kojima trying to be too secretive in the beginning of the game. He doesn't seem to care that Bridget's dying. And it's almost yeah. like when when um, when Dead Man comes over and tells you it's your mother, he almost seems like he doesn't believe him. And it's like what? And yeah, they, that was a weird line. Like, surely yeah, you remember her? She raised you. It's like, yeah, I remember my right. mother. Like, 
what right <laughs> they really it seemed like they were doing there was some weird stuff going on there in the beginning that could have made that and this is what i was talking about with the last of us one versus last of us two thing they could have made that better by making him obviously upset because his mother's dead and you know they could that whole event of carrying her body to be burnt could have been more emotional because of that but instead he's written to be so disconnected and not give a fuck and like he doesn't want to do it so I, i don't know Maybe that's a thing with Japanese emotion and not really, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe we write uh, loss and pain differently than Japan. Did. I don't really watch a lot of Japanese movies and shit, no, so I, I don't, don't really see know. why. It doesn't <laughs> seem like a story unfolding. It seems like 90% of the game is set up and then right. the end, it's just all. Right. Oh, it what a seems twist. like you're watching the final like it chapter. Doesn't, it doesn't feel like it's uh The whole game story feels like a final chapter uh, of something that should have been multiple games. I think that's Kojima's problem here, is if you look at Metal Gear Solid, it's a long, elaborate story that takes place over multiple titles, um, so you can get away with that kind of stuff. But here, I think he wanted to do something that was a one-off and not get caught up. I think he was afraid to have to do more of these games. Like, I think he had a fear that just like Metal Gear Solid, he'll make something and then become disinterested in it and then be forced to finish it while he has all these other cool ideals he wanted to do. I mean, you can already see this with he's already been talking about wanting to make a horror horror game, and that's kind of what he's working on next is a horror-style game. And it's going to so, be called Highland Sills. Highland Sills. <laughs> and... Uh, um with this game, it seems like he wanted to do a one-off, but he he only knows grand epics. So it's like watch it's like watching the Lord of the Rings in a single film. You'd have to, in order to do it right and not leave people asking questions, you'd really have to only be able to make Return of the King. And then well, if I you mean, just watched just, Return of the weird. King without the other two films, you'd be like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Who are these hobbits? Why are they going for this ring? He's trying to do right is like Sam goes from being a misanthrope at the beginning to wanting to connect the world and actually being invested in all this. But it's like you start the game and they bring you in and kind of you know force you into doing this whole connecting the country thing. But then you spend the entire game on your own and like all these other players are building this shit and you never see them right. Well, even the interactions and you go and I mean, you meet Hartman in person and you meet Die Hard Man in person. But that's just a handful of people. They're trying to make it sound like this is like an entire country coming together. But it seems like there's like 20 people left. You know, it doesn't seem like that much. And every time you go out and try to connect these people, it's it's just a hologram. Right. So it's like you got the main characters, these 20 to 30 hologram people. You meet one or two of them. And then I by the know. end, guess, Sam is supposed to be like, oh, yeah, I'm all about connecting people. It's like, but it all seemed fair, meaningless the whole time. To be fair, a lot of that is just us. The type of people that we are, uh, that kind of stuff doesn't play on. There are certainly a lot of people that play this stuff and they like these characters, even though they're holograms. Like, oh, it's Conan O'Brien. I like him. Or, oh, it's this character. I like this character's personality and attitude that I dealt with a lot of times sending packages back and See, forth. See, like the Conan O'Brien you know? thing, like, yeah, cool cameo and everything, but I think that detracts from the point, right? Because instead of actually listening to what's going on, you're just kind of like, well, we don't what subscribe the fuck is he to the doing Care Bear here? shit. Right. We don't subscribe to the whole Care Bear thing. So 
it's difficult for us to make those connections that we're supposed to be making and then be worried about people or something like that. You know, for people like us, we're connected to characters like Snake because we spend multiple games playing as him and we we grow attached to that character. You know, when we watch when people like you and me watch a, a fucking movie that's two hours long that has nothing to do with it, it's very difficult to get attached to a character. I mean, but I mean, what's there to get attached to? It's like this guy throughout the whole thing. It doesn't seem like he. Well, yes, it's like that. Well, it doesn't seem like he's slowly getting on board with the connecting everyone. Right. Yeah. It seems again, like he just all of a sudden. Like at the, the I mean, you spend half the game the throwing point. your piss and shit at invisible enemies. Right. Like. It's definitely. Is that a metaphor? A fun, the the <laughs> problem with this game, as I said, is it's a final chapter where everything else is being told to you happened or and honestly because everything else is told to you i think one of the there are small little changes that could make a game like this work where it is a final chapter and all this other world building and stuff happened and is being revealed to you through uh story elements and stuff like background to what previously happened that works if because you you know you can't expect to play as Norman Reedus growing up his whole life and being attached to Bridget, but there's small things that can change that. Like in the beginning of the game, he could be visibly upset and emotionally upset that his mother is dying and that he has to go take her to a crematorium. And also, instead of this whole like I don't give a fuck about America, America's then you can still have that line by the way, which is a good line. You know, you, America's dead. You know, whatever. You can have that line after the emotional thing that happens where he takes his, his his mom up there and has shown emotion to it and then he comes back and he just seems like he's done with it but at the same time the connection to these friends of his you could have had those pre-established as him already being friends with them and the whole not caring about building america was more of like a a reaction to just losing his mother as opposed to his being diametrically opposed to friendship and shit like that. Well, also instead, the other can, part well, that's let me finish my, what I'm saying here. Instead, of, instead you can have like the, his past that we we see snippets of his past where he was, you know, disillusioned and and didn't care about people so much because he grew up just with this woman that that's the only person he cared about was this woman that raised him. And then over time, he started to open up to more characters and people like Dead Man and 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 Die Hardman and stuff like that that he became friends with. And now, as we start playing the game, even though he has this emotional moment, he's that person now that is more open to friendship and stuff like that. That's that's how you could have played that, in my opinion. Then then it makes makes more sense when you have to kill Amelie, which is the 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 end game, by the way. So it goes on to say, um, you know, he loves her, which makes the choice difficult for him. Of course, not difficult for you as the player because they didn't handle that properly. But one, so you have to choose one supernatural death God or all life on the planet. So the extinction entity gives Sam two choices, sit here and watch the world burn or cut the extinction entity loose from the beach and prevent the last stranding from happening right now. Regardless of what you do, it explains the sixth extinction is inevitable and mankind will live to die another day. Right. So if she starts walking out to the water and you can shoot her 
you can walk up to shooter in the back of the head or whatever, or you can sit there. If you sit there, you actually see the end of the world and you get a game over screen. So like everything burns, beach burns and because her beach burns everything and you die and everything like that. But if you, I think if you go to shoot her, a thing happens um, where you don't exactly kill her. Like the bullets don't work or something. I don't know. Whatever. So you, um, the extinction entity notices Sam's dream catcher and she gives him the gun and says, pull the rope or cut the noose. But whatever you do, don't hesitate. You can do nothing or try to shoot the extinction entity here, but it doesn't do anything. What you really have to do is ditch the weapon and hug the extinction entity. The extinction entity's dreams. That's right. That's what happens. Even if, even if you try to shoot her, the bullets don't work and you have to walk up and hug her. The extinction entity's dreams, as well as the people with dooms it created, were always of the apocalyptic, the last stranding. The extinction entity was just as confused. They didn't ask for this and were constantly tortured by visions of the end due to the fact that they don't exist within the confines of natural time and space on their beach. As they note, I'm not a line, but a single point. The extinction entity was so angered and upset by the haunting nightmares of human extinction that they had tried to come to the real world and end it by connecting the chiral network and opening the floodgates. Their goal at the end of the day was to harbor the extinction event. Sam, however, essentially saved the world from the last stranding by bringing people together in his expedition, living one day at a time and persisting and adapting to change. Against all odds, he became the embodiment of the unstoppable human spirit to survive. Due to Sam's efforts, he made the extinction entity believe in the beauty of the human spirit. Since birth, the extinction entity was trapped in purgatory and despite being desperate to feel emotion, form relationships, and give love, they were never allowed to make human connections. The EE, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Jesus Christ. It's convinced. By Sam's efforts to stop fighting and stay. That's a, for those of you out there that don't know, that's a Metal Gear Solid Please 2 reference. Call me Emma for the love Every- of God. He's he, he, he so he, stupid he, to say. Otacon line where he just says it multiple times. E E E E. Okay, sorry. I knew you'd like that. The beach on to delay the otherwise impossible to stop mass extinction. The extinction isn't just an ending; it's an opportunity. Says the 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 entity's claims. In state, it states in reference to all the life that came after the previous five events. The implication is that the five figures in the sky we've previously seen in trailers and Endgame are the big five that came before the Amelie slash Bridget extinction entity. Sam wakes up on his wait, own Wait, wait, wait. So these extinctions, are they talking about like the dinosaurs or is, he, is it like the Matrix where humanity keeps rebooting itself? Like the dinosaurs, yeah. So why are they all human shaped? Because humans existed in all of those apparently. I don't know. <laughs> all right. Sam wakes up on his own beach. There are other death gods, right? I don't know. It's supposed to be similar to like uh, mythology and stuff. So Sam wakes up on his own beach as Sam runs around in purgatory. The extinction event tries to uh, entity tries to explain their reasoning. They realized they were split between worlds during their first operation 
her uterine cancer. Bridget grew older in the real world as she should, whilst Amelie woke up on the beach, hence why she never aged and why it's feasible <clears throat> to believe that she is Bridget's daughter. Am, Ame, is French for soul, so the extinction entity came up with the name Amelie, a soul that is a lie. Once Amelie realized, fucking Kojima is so fucking, I want to be as deep as possible. <laughs> Once Amelie realized yeah, that explain her... explain Die Hardman then. <laughs> well, he's hard and he's a man. And he wants to die. Dies. <laughs> I don't know. Once Amelie released her, realized that her beach was the nexus of the world of the dead, she pursued the knowledge of the 4.6 billion years of biological history that was entombed here and sought to build the chiral network in the real world via Bridget to try and understand things. Due to the fact... so. The idea is that this isn't some entity that's been in existence for a long time. It becomes birthed into existence. So the moral of the story is you want to have as many human connections as possible because that will lead to the end of everything. Well, you want to have as many connections as possible. That way, when the extinction event entity is born, it might have connections. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) So due to the fact that there's no concept of time on our beach, simulations are done in an instant and all lost information can be reclaimed. Unfortunately, void outs started occurring. Death Stranding happened. More on why later. So she started rushing to complete the network and look into bridge babies out of desperation to understand why the last five extinction events occurred and how extinction entities came into existence so she could perhaps go against the grain and not end the world. Bridget slash Amelie is essentially a rebellious extinction entity who chose the noble route and asked questions about her role in life. So when her physical form died, she got Sam to complete the network so that they could answer these questions and hopefully stop the end of the world. Unfortunately, the truth is that the universe has always been trying to return us to nothing with extinction events. After all, its creation via the Big Bang was just one massive fluke. She learns this and decides that she may as well just get it over with and pushes Sam to connect everything in her stead so she can bring about the last stranding. However, Sam makes her realize with the second Bridges expedition that extinctions force life to defy the universe's constant onslaught of suffering. The human spirit never surrenders and always finds a way to persist and survive, hence extinction is an opportunity. She then alludes to a situation where she shoots two bullets from the aforementioned important gun that she made, uh, that she, and that she made a mistake. A flashback shows her doing something to Sam on a, in a, photo, a fetal form and sends him home, saving him from death on her beach and gave him the special powers of repatriation. She does it to try and rectify the aforementioned mistake. Yet by doing so, she created the death stranding. She disrupted the natural process of death, meaning that people wouldn't die naturally anymore in the real world. So her saving Sam, basically, because she accidentally shot the baby of when Sam when he was a baby her going to the beach Sam's beach and finding him and and bringing him back to life caused the initial death stranding unbeknownst to her that that was going to happen but that's what set it off so Sam was trapped so um they then caused chaos devouring the dead and creating explosive void outs the ee was forced to wait and watch the end of the world but instead chose to end it quickly however to trigger the last stranding they had to have sam by their side the problem they created sam trapped in his own beach 
shoots himself with the important with the important important gun, but it doesn't fire. The extinction entity mentions that she brought Cliff and Sam back together, and then and he then reconnects with the living. The Bridges crew use the revolver <clears throat> and a set of Q-poo? I don't know what the fuck that word is. Made from Bridget's DNA to find Sam on the other side, and he is repatriated in the world of the living. So back in the real world, back in the real world, Die Hard Man becomes the new president of the UCA and swears to break down the walls and masks between the people, takes off his mask, blah, blah, blah. That's that's the stupid kind of shit that Kojima likes to put in games. Like The reason why he's wearing the mask is because he can't, he can't live with himself, but now he can shed his mask and be who he really is. You know, whatever, man. <laughs> Everything's a fucking, every metaphor is a fucking visual representation for him in these games. I swear to God. Uh, he, oh, he donned him. <laughs> um, so Die Hard Man breaks down, tells Sam all the mistakes that they made those years ago. <clears throat> How he killed Cliff or Bridget because he loved her, but he says he loved Cliff just as much because he saved him as his captain in the wars they fought together. Um, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> dead Man gives Lou back to Sam, but the baby inside is dead. Sam has to go and incinerate the body before it starts necrotizing and creates a crater. He tells Sam that he could try to burst Lou out of the pod and bring it to life, but that would be illegal under the current American laws. Dead Man turns to... What? When are we caring about that? Dead Man turns his cuffs online and tells him that they'll stay that way until he activates the incinerator, giving him a window to disappear untracked. Fragile then tells Sam she's starting up Fragile Express again under bridges and that she didn't kill Higgs. Rather, gave him a choice of death or exile on the beach. So, and this is part of the game where you're supposed to come become attached to the baby. And some of this does make sense. And to be fair to Kojima, he's always been kind of smart in these areas. You know, there's a segment of the game where you do have to deal with BBs later on. Or sorry, uh, yeah, the 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 ghosts or whatever. But you don't have the baby with you. You have to get it upgraded. But they send you out to do some package deliveries, anyways. And you're you're without this thing that points stuff at you. And the game feels worse than it was. It feels more difficult. Yikes. Um, because there are well, why would it? Can you not, can you still see well, him if you you can't still? you can, but that means you have to stop and go constantly. Yeah, you have to, to do that anyway. Well, you not really. You can definitely depend. You can 100% never stop if you have that baby thing because the, the rate at which it spins tells you how close you are. And once it starts to spin quickly, you just hold your breath and keep walking either parallel to it or away from whichever direction it's pointing. You well, don't I never really, really have did stop. that because I always wanted to that. see him. I've definitely done that several, several times, but it slows you down. Well, and it also, doesn't it really only points at the one that's closest. So you could be walking right. right into another one and not even know it unless you stop. Right, but if it becomes closer than the other one, it should turn to it. I don't know. I think you had a bug or something with your... Well, I the mean, in the beginning, it could all of a sudden just flip and turn orange because all of a sudden the one that you're right on top of is now closer than the one you're trying to skirt. Well, that shouldn't make... That doesn't make any sense. It should always point to the closest one. I think that happened to you because you were at the part of the game where, like, the baby wasn't completely working or some shit. I don't know. Anyways, um, you're supposed to make a connection with this baby. And again, it doesn't work on people like us because we 
you know, we're the kind of people that don't get upset when a dog dies in a game. Listen, I got a dog. I like my dog. I like dogs. It doesn't mean I fucking care when I see if if I read a story about somebody's dog being mistreated and died, I'd be like, man, that's fucked up. But I'm not going to cry over it. All right. Now, in a video game, I understand having you attached to stuff. But maybe again, maybe if this was a game that was like took place over the course of three different games or something like that, maybe I'd really be attached to that baby. Similar to how I was attached to. I mean, certainly Kojima can do it. Uh, the boss. I thought the boss was a great character. I was attached to the boss when when you have to kill her in Metal Gear Solid Three. Uh, but that's because that character was written so well. I wanted to play as the boss. I wanted to be that character. She was fucking awesome, you know. But at the same time, um, you grow even closer to that character as you play the rest of the series because they keep talking about her, and so many things come back to it that it, it makes a lot of sense. So, you know, it's, it's important when you have characters like that. You don't care about Otacon in Metal Gear Solid 1, but in Metal Gear Solid 2, you kind of start, he starts to grow on you, you know? Like, okay. In Metal Gear Solid 4, he's a major character that you, you care about. Nothing happens to him, but, you know, the, you, you, you like having him around. You know, he does, he does his job and he's useful and all that shit. That's how you create attachments to characters. It's very difficult to do in short term. But you have to do it. So Sam delivers. It's also Luke hard to, to do with a baby who does nothing but fucking cry the whole game. That's true. Sam delivers Lou to the incinerator, but before he gets rid of the body, we get a long flashback sequence. Once Sam connects to Lou, Bridget and diehard man muse about that. That's where you learn that you are the son of cliff. Cliff is shot and found by John later. Bridget, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so it's a flashback kind of thing happening in his mind. Bridget breaks into the room and her security shoot Cliff again, points Cliff's gun at him, and Bridget urges Cliff, uh, uh, not Cliff, but um, Die Hard Man to shoot Cliff unless he hands BB over. Before they shoot, Cliff addresses Sam between worlds and re- reiterates, they told me your name was Sam Porter, but your name is Sam Bridges, my son. It's Sam my Porter Bridges. <laughs> he tells him I'm that also having a Porter. A- and I make bridges, but I'm also he tells a him that having a son. God damn it! And that, that's he tells him that having, he tells him that having a son made him realize that he was only ever good at it, dividing people. <laughs> a cliff. Yeah, again, here's the Kojima stuff coming out. So he tells him that having a son made him realize that he was only ever good at dividing people. A cliff, an obstacle in the way of connection. He tried to be a, a good father, but wasn't given the chance. Sam is the perfect legacy for him, a bridge who brought people together. Cliff gives Sam Beebe, who we now know is Sam as a baby. I identify with Cliff because this game makes (laughs) me want to jump off a cliff. Back in the flashback, Bridget takes John's hand and pulls the trigger for him, shooting Cliff, which kills Beebe and baby Sam at the same time. This weapon is the stick that became a rope, the gun that started the death stranding by killing baby Sam and then saved him when he was lost on the beach at the end of the game. Bridget cries over Sam's fetal corpse, and we are then shown a dead baby on a beach, Amelie's beach. She picks him up and fixes the gunshot wound, leaving him with a cross-shaped scar and bringing Sam back to life from death. Cliff has the same scar, which would imply that Amelie also brought Cliff back to life in some capacity. She lets Sam float in the seam once more as Cliff watches on in the distance. Sam is brought back to life and moved back into the BB pod 
where Bridget and John nurture him as a child, human child instead of decommissioning him, turning Sam into Bridget's prime candidate for finishing the chiral network, but also her adopted son. This repatriation process is Bridget's atonement, but as we know, it, all, it, is also, it also brings about the death stranding. With that, we come back to reality. Sam burns his cuffs instead of Lou and pops her out of the pod. Yeah, she still looks dead. Oh, Sam tries in vain. Yeah. Sam tries in vain to bring Lou back to life, crying as he does it with BT babies surrounding him. The previous BBs who had been incar- incinerated once decommissioned. Did I say incarcerated one time? All of a sudden, Lou wakes up castrated, and starts giggling. Castrated. Sam embraces his adopted child and walks out into the rain, which is no longer time fall because the death stranding is over. Roll credit. Okay, wait, scene. if all that's true about the baby, then why is Sam an adult and the baby still a baby? Because it's not him. The BB he was plugging into was not him from the flashbacks. That was a different, that was a flat, like his connecting in with Lou was allowing access to his memory, not Lou's memory. They thought in the beginning it was Lou's memory, but it wasn't. <clears throat> Okay, so who's Lou's the baby a, that they show inside of Sam every time he repatriates? That's probably his child self or something. That's some weird Kojima shit. I don't know. In a post credit scene, we see Sam looking at his damaged picture of a da- the da- his damaged picture of his pregnant wife as Lou's hand comes and touches his own. He calls his new child Luis. <laughs> so whatever. That's the story. Yeah, so not a huge payoff. In the post-game, Sam starts to receive more emails as he continues to deliver, although the end game actually takes place two weeks before the final moments of the story. These messages take about talk about events and help tie up their loose ends. Yeah, so when the game ends, it jumps you back to two weeks before it's over or something. Three journals can be collected, one from finishing all of Peter Inger's pizza missions and heading to his shelter, the other two from collecting memory chips. The unnamed man's journal essentially give, gives Higgs' side of the story. He fell victim to his father's physical abuse as a child, blah, 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 suffered terrible nightmares, courtesy of the extinction entity, which is why he has dooms and feels connected to the beach. He killed his dad to escape the shelter he was being held in by, you know, whatever. <clears throat> Lucy. Yeah, you know, Lucy's report, we learn about Sam's wife, Lucy, who killed herself while pregnant by committing suicide subsequently causing a void out. Child was seven months along and had already been named Lou or Luis. Sam was already at the time and given he was a key member of Bridges, or was away at the time rather, he resigned from the company due to public pressure over the incident. As it was assumed, he caused it. This is why he had to be forced back into the role at the start of the game by Amelie and Die Hard Men. Lucy started out as Sam's therapist, trying to help him overcome aphanfosomphobia and abandonment issues. At first, she didn't get it and insisted that Sam's repatriation and the beach weren't real. She later became the only person he opened up to and eventually they fell in love, which forced Lucy to resign from her post. Yet as she grows pregnant with Luis, she starts to have terrible dooms nightmares of the end of the world, much like the one suffered by an extinction entity. This is due to Sam's blood being inside of her. Bridget tells her the truth about the beach and that her nightmares are real. These revelations are too much for Lucy, who is home alone a lot while Sam is off trying to reconnect America. She kills herself as she cannot handle the knowledge and is terrified of the life ahead of her in the Bridges Strand family. 
It's unclear as to whether Bridget or Amelie orchestrated this to force Sam back in the fold, but neither either conclusion worked. <clears throat> Whatevs. That's pretty much all you need to know well, about that. Knowing that, um, kind of glad I didn't finish the game. Pretty decent. Just seems like a lot of contrived bullshit. Just it is a lot of contrived all this stuff. meaning that doesn't need to fucking be there. It, it is a lot of contrived stuff. And again, I go back to the fact that it's like watching Lord of the Rings without watching the Fellowship or the Two Towers. It's like watching. Well, they also do a really poor job explaining exactly what that. you're saving. I mean, aside from just the game gameplay mechanic thing where you can't have the country be actual size, it feels like it's a really small world with hardly anybody in it and it's all wilderness. Like it really mm-hmm. just seems like you're trying to save like 50 people. Like the, the scope, it doesn't yeah, do a good true. job of I, explaining the scope. That, of all that is also an issue. Yeah. Like the fact that it's so small does. Like you never get to see the inside of these places. Like, is it a sprawling underground network of cities and yeah. people? Or is it one guy in a, in a fucking like a, a prepper bunker? Like, and honestly, it feels like they could have easily put that in. Like the, when you look at the three areas that you play in, they're not that big um, compared to other games out there right now. So I think Kojima put too much time and effort into the mocap and the, the actors and the, the acting and the storytelling and not enough into just the, wor- the size of the world. I think this is one of Kojima's biggest faults when it comes to his games is he doesn't consider the size of the world being massive a necessity. Like uh, he, he just kind of looks well, at it. Well, it depends like, on the game. Like Metal Gear Solid, oh, I think yeah. was too big for what was in it. It's a lot of empty space. Uh, and the game was not about traversing the world. Like Death Stranding is. I don't know. I disagree with Metal Gear Solid 5. I feel like Metal Gear Solid 5 was a pretty good size. It would have been a good size if they had more to like, fill in all the empty desert or more shit to do maybe even like survival shit other than just picking flowers you know sure i can see that i think it would have been just fine with if the game was as it is just everything a little bit closer together but this game just seems like i don't know i wouldn't want it to be bigger unless there was more i don't know more easily traversable areas with like, Oh, now you're coming up to a fucking mountain or now you're coming up to this Rocky shit. No, I kind of would have been okay with it if it was like, yeah, this is going to be a long trek, but most of it's going to be kind of just a flat ground, hop a rock here, swim across this river over here to, you know, whatever. But they just don't make it seem like there's a lot at stake. Hmm. I mean, I guess there is, but, I don't know. It just seems like a really tiny world with a handful of people. I mean, I kind of half expected the game to be like, well, there's only five people left actually. And all the people you've been talking to don't exist. They're just holograms. (laughs) That would have been just as acceptable as what actually happened. Hmm. I don't know. I only retained about 10% of that shit that you said. It seems like a lot of double triple layered twists that are just thrown in there for whatever reason. It's like kind of reminds me of Donnie Darko. You ever see Donnie mm-hmm. Darko? No, I didn't really jump on that trend. 
All right. Well, there's two versions. There's the uh, the original version, and then there's the director's cut. And the original version, there was a book that came out with it. It's the book that's mentioned in the movie, The Philosophy of Time Travel. So when yeah. the first time you watch the movie, you get the feeling like, man, this is deep. I don't really know what happened, but that was awesome, right? It, yeah. it just feels like you're missing something. And then if you watch the director's cut, they incorporate the important parts of the book into the movie. Like they show the name of the chapters and everything and some of the text. And you realize that it's, it's not deep at all. It's just that this fictional book created this whole template of what time travel is supposed to be, right? Like there's going to be this guy and he's going to be responsible for creating the alternate timeline. It's like, oh, okay, well, that's Donnie Darko. You know, it's like, it's not that deep. It just lines up perfectly with this book you didn't have any knowledge of. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. This kind of seems like the same thing. Like it seems really deep, but... It's not. It's just that Kojima says, well, there has, there's been extinction events, so this guy's the harbinger of the fucking extinction event, and this is the, the, the bridge porter who connects everything, and, like, I guess there's some kind of metaphor to the real world there, but really, it's just fulfilling this template that Kojima created that's fiction that you just have no knowledge of, and once you know at the end, it, like, it doesn't really apply to anything except for its own little intertwined, you know, ecosystem. Mm-hmm. This has happened five times before. Now it's happening again, but we're just going to act like you already know, even though we've given you no information for 90% of the game. I don't know. Hopefully, you know, this kind of shit is all out of his system and he can go back to making better games. This is just, I guess, years and years of pent-up frustration and not being able to get 100% out on paper, his vision. And now that he's done that, you know, maybe he's uh, come up with some new shit. I mean, how long was this swirling around in Kojima's brain while he was uh, making Metal Gear Solid? Who fucking knows? It seems like he's trying to be deep and metal- metaphorical just for the sake of being deep and metaphorical. Metaphorical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think he's still got it in him. He just, you know, got to have somebody there being like, I don't know, Kojima. Like, I don't, mm. I don't mind the quirkiness. I don't mind a lot of the Kojima stuff. I can, I can accept it. It's just, I don't need a fucking cutscene every time I take a shit in Death Stranding. It's like you go into this <laughs> private room and it's like it's fucked up because like you have menus for everything else in that game except for the one <laughs> fucking room where a menu would help. Because instead you're just you move the camera, look at the drinks, zoom in on the drinks, drink the drink, go back to your bed, look at the it's table. It's really one of those things drink. where like, fuck, when dude. you do it, you're like you know, when you do Skip. something like that, you think Skip. Yeah, this is great. This is a great idea. But then you execute it and it doesn't work. Like from a game developer perspective, I can see how you could think like Yeah. This is this would be awesome. Can you imagine instead of this it's that? Like that's awesome. Well, <laughs> turns out <laughs> Well, I mean, look, I don't the, the idea of that room, right? How much better would it be if instead of you being anchored to the bed 
and moving the camera and pointing at something and hitting a button and doing it and then coming back to the bed and then doing something, coming back to the bed. If they just let you walk around the room, right? You yeah. walk over to your weapons, you look at your weapons. You walk over to the baby, you pet the baby. You go into the I shower, mean, you take a shower, you take a shit, you pee. All your fucking grenades go in. You walk out, you walk over the table, you pound four monster energy drinks, you put your hat and glasses on. Monster. <laughs> Why the fuck do I need to sit on the bed, look at the table, zoom in, put on my glasses, go back to the bed, look at the table, look at my hat, put the hat on, go back to the bed. Like, come on. And you have to do that every fucking time you go back to the room if you just want to put on a hat and glasses. Just pick off the hat. It's been so much better if you just could walk around the room. And that doesn't seem like too far-fetched or anything. And like, looking at the mirror and seeing Norman Reedus do his crazy shit, like, yeah, that's all fine and everything, except because it's so Kojima, you don't, I don't really know what he's doing. Like, I get, like, okay, it'd be cool if he had some shit where he's looking in the mirror and picking his teeth and shit. But then he does the one where he, like, slaps himself in the face and then, like, hops up on the sink for 30 seconds. Or not, <laughs> not did I say 30? Like, half a second. Honestly, it's like some weird shit where they sat in there. This has to be some of the stuff they were doing when they were fucking with the technology. Um, they're like, Okay, I built this in Japan, but Konami has it, so we have to rebuild whatever the fuck we were using to do this stuff in the engine. Like, you know, whatever correlation between the, the technology and the engine. And it's like, all right, uh, just fuck around and do some stuff. And that's the shit they did. And, you know, Kojima's just like, yes, put it in. <laughs> put it in I mean, the game. like, I get, like, hey, do what you would do in the morning, right? And he's like, ah, I'm like picking his nose or whatever. But honestly, just the one thing that stands out is him just flipping around, hopping up on the sink, sitting there, and then hopping off again. Like, what is that? It's just Norman Reedus fucking around, man. I get, dude, the fucking, the water in the face. Sure. The fucking picking your nose and shit. Fine. The, like, looking down your throat thing. Fine. Hopping up on the sink, though? Like, Oh my God. What is yes. that? He's, Norman Reedus is a degenerate. <laughs> Fuck Norman. Stop. Stop jumping on the sink at the house. I, like every time you go and like take a piss in that game, he's got to kick the toilet and be like, Oh, nice. Like, what? Like that makes sense for the first time you've ever seen a toilet that comes out of a wall. But every time, I mean, for the amount of mocap work that they did, apparently, like you really got to show that one over and over again. <laughs> and what's like with the product way. placement? You know, every time you take a shit, it's like AMC ride with Norman Reedus. It's because it sounds like he's taking a shit. Yeah, I get it. But at, like <laughs> at the very least, could you use a high res texture? Like, why does that look like it came out of a Nintendo 64? Probably, it, probably the way that they got it was, it was like, Hey, uh, we need to put something for when you're shitting on the toilet. What about your ride thing? Yeah, it's like something that and Norman he pulled it off of his fucking cell yeah, phone. Yeah, he pulled it off his phone. <laughs> his little exactly. flip phone that he undoubtedly has still. <laughs> he pulled it. It's like a 360 fucking GIF or something like that. The 360 360p GIF that he had on his phone or some shit. And he's like, there you go, man. <laughs> and then they put it in the game and stretch it across this giant thing to cover up him taking a shit and an LOL. It sounds like, it sounds like pooping. <laughs> Your motorcycle, get it? <laughs> ah. 
Got him. <clears throat> and, and like, I don't even, I know I complain about that stuff, but I don't mind. Like, that's just the Kojima shit. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But it just, it doesn't, I don't think it works with the fucking story. It's like, it doesn't, that he wants it to be like deep and meaningful, but it just, there's no substance behind it. They keep, like at the end, I guess they tell you all the stuff that happened, but throughout the whole game, it just feels empty. You got fucking psychos who have gone crazy, who are trying to loot everything they can. You've got hologram people and you got some loser asking for a pizza in the midst of all this. (sighs) And you've got other people building up the whole fucking world for you and everyone collecting likes. And they talk about, there's even one guy who talks about other porters coming by, but it couldn't possibly be the real you. Like some kind of meta shit where like, oh, all these other players keep coming by to deliver deliver shit. <laughs> like it's just so weird. Like it just feels like a, like a like a veil over what's actually happening. Like you only get to experience this the outside layer of this fucking world and behind it there's like all this like lore and world building and communities underground and stuff and you don't see any of it. He wants, I guess he's trying to push the importance of human connection but he doesn't show it ever. It's just forced on you. Like build all this shit from other people. Of course you're going to use this fucking road because the game sucks. You know, like you definitely want to use this road that other people built. See how useful, see how important it is to be connected with other people. Like, is it like, I'm not really connecting with anyone. I'm just using their shit because it benefits me, you know? And I give them likes for it. It's just weird. Right. It seems to go against his fucking message. Or I'm just misinterpreting the message. Maybe he's right. Maybe Americans are too stupid to understand his tragically Japanese sensibilities. You right, motherfucker? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Anyway, that's Death Stranding. Monty's here. What's up, Monty? Yo. Hey. Hey yo, I ain't you wrong up. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. <clears throat> well, let's let's wrap it up with some uh, some of your D and D shit. So, what what do you got in mind without spoilers? Hey, I like that. I like that. Uh, without spoilers. Or whatever. I mean, with spoilers, whatever the fuck you want. What? I can't spoil shit. What is wrong with you? (laughs) After you just spent an hour (laughs) spoiling Death Stranding. Yeah, but that's complete. That's my my fucking D&D campaign that I'm working on for you degenerate. You just sounded disappointed that you didn't, that I said no spoilers. Just whatever, man. Do whatever I mean, you want. Give us some in uh, truth. Give us a preview into what we're in for. Honestly, in truth, it's mostly because I'm kind of sitting here working on it as we talk. That's it. Hold on, my mother's calling. What? All right. Well, uh, so I'll. I guess I'll just talk about my character. So I we're playing D and D four E, or we're going to be. Um, apparently there's an expansion or two and I picked the Avenger, which is an expansion character, just kind of like a paladin, but not really. Um, 
You're supposed to be devoted to your god. I picked uh, the Raven Queen. I'm a queen of death, so I'm going to be like a a death Avenger thing. And uh, I kind of like the idea of the Avenger because I kind of always wanted to play a uh, like a sword-wielding type character, but I didn't like the idea of being a fucking moron the whole game. And I don't think I'd be able to RP that. I'd always be trying to like pick apart the story and just be yourself. Figure out the mystery that's going on. And uh, so the Avenger gets to be the sword wielder who uh, emphasizes what was that? Wisdom, wisdom, intelligence, and constitution or something. Yeah. Or dexterity. Dexterity, wisdom, and intelligence. So that's cool. I get to I get to be the two handing single target damage terminator. We'll hunt you down. You can't fucking escape. Come with me if you want to die. <laughs> if you want, if you want to die. So that's yeah. why I picked that. Uh, last time when we played like, uh, for what, two days with Billy, I was the shard mind scion. <laughs> I kind of wanted to be like the, the mental manipulator, but uh, in combat, it ended up just kind of being like a wizard. Just with yeah, a different flavor. You know, Billy didn't help. Where's Billy? Oh, he fell down that hole. Uh, what's going on down there, Billy? <laughs> He's got real narcolepsy, okay? Well, he should get that looked at. It will. But now we got Monty, who we're strong-arming into playing, and he's playing a human cleric because he doesn't care. I don't know. Why, Monty? Because I don't care. Yeah, but you like role-playing, right? Like, you do that, and you played a lot of Rust and things like that. What's Rust have to do with the role-playing? Well, I mean, didn't you... I mean, you kind of follow Mr. Moon and shit, and they thought you were doing Twitch RP stuff at one point, weren't you? I don't know. I was. 5M and all that stuff? For a little bit, but... Don't you gaslight me. What are you talking about? Son of a bitch. It's fun, Monty. You'll see. It's actually really good. I, I think D&D is one of the great things uh, to do as a nerd. Uh, <clears throat> so much uh, ability to kind of just do whatever you want. You know, when, whenever you... In a lot of video games, you're pretty limited. Uh, but not with D&D. D&D is, even as a player, I mean, not just from a, a built world-building perspective, but as a player, you, you're you very open to the things you can do. You know, play an MMO or any other kind of video game like that, it's similar, and you really find yourself in moments where you're like, yeah, I can't do anything here because I'm limited by the game's engine and what the developers say I can and cannot do. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, in D and D it's like you can, if there are players out there that are so much smarter than their DMS and their DMS pay for it, you know, because they're not prepared or something like that. And, uh, it's, it's quite hilarious. Actually. It's one of the biggest things that I worry about as a DM is that a player's going to say something and I'm going to be absolutely not prepared for it. I try well, to be. That's when you just do possible. the. Uh, we call it the royal maneuver. <laughs> well, that's that's shameful, and any DM that does that is a terrible DM. We'd like to uh, climb this wall. Okay, uh, roll for it. 
There's no way they're going to roll a 20. Uh, natural 20. Oh, okay, okay, you start climbing the wall. Uh, roll again. Natural 20. Okay, uh, the rocks come down and take half your fucking health away and land all over the party and take half of their life away too. And you're back where you started. Mm. What just happened? You weren't supposed to go that way. <laughs> <laughs> See, even me, I like to have contingency. But why? I thought we were just climbing a wall. Yeah, but this wall's like a million feet high, and it's all wet and slick. Yeah, something and he didn't tell us in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> right? I, you got to convey that to your players. Okay, like well, we've, in, be- we've encountered zero enemies, and we're all down to one-tenth of our hit points. I guess we just fucking leave now, right? We leave? Yeah, okay, I'll we're going to leave. This way, okay? I'll put it this way. I have a map that I've drawn out of the entire first segment of the heroic slash paragon tier of the campaign. That's about 15 levels of the campaign. Now, a lot of this was developed over the course of time doing this campaign with the rest of the guys before people just their real lives caught up to them. Because a D&D campaign is like, you know, even if you're doing one level per night, that's 15 nights of anywhere from two to six hours, depending on how into it people are, of of playing the game and you don't get very far in six hours in terms of progress because yeah, well, it takes three hours to do a, you know, a 15 minute boss fight, but it takes 30 seconds to travel. I I wouldn't say that. I'd say the, the most, the slowest part of D and D is people just kind of meandering and, and Hey, if people are having fun doing that, that's fine. You know, people are looking around being interested. I mean, you look at the way that I do D&D with Roll20, it's more of a tabletop board game thing where people are controlling tokens and moving them around with their keyboard. It's not like closing your eyes and imagine. Certainly, you can make a lot of progress in a story in the traditional D&D aspect of everybody kind of pretending. You still do that with Roll20. You can just kind of yeah, swap and I do that. And you I do that when it comes to details. Way. And like Melberthier, for example, is just a map that you look at because it's a big city. I'm not going to make an entire big city map or something like that. Um, there, there are certain aspects like that. Certainly surely that are, are like that in the campaign and you can get around quickly like that, but you'll still find even in those scenarios, people will sit back and they'll, they'll go, okay, I want to go to the inn, and I want to uh, talk to, I want to look around and see what's going on there. Okay. What's in the end? Blah, blah. And it's just a lot of dialogue going back and forth, but in my game, a lot of it is, and if you look at the last time we played, for example, with the sewers and all of that stuff, you know, the sewers are pretty big. They're not gigantic by any means, but they're pretty big. And you don't know as a player what's around every corner. So you're being cautious. You know, you're not just running into a room and flipping switches. Certainly people play games like that, but most people well, know my wife is playing a rogue. Otherwise, we're going to be <laughs> tripping over every fucking trap. No, it's great. She's <laughs> going to be a ranger. Which might help, but ooh, ain't no trap people this time around, my dear. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, she hasn't picked her skills yet, so she might get on. We'll see where that goes. <clears throat> um, I got everybody's stuff fleshed out for the work I need to do. Uh, and then there's just some uh, power picking from Monty and, and my wife, and we're pretty good to go. But, um, you know... D&D is great because you can have all of those little open aspects to things. And I think, um, you know, like I said, I got a big map drawn out about it for the whole 
first 15 levels type area. And I know <clears throat> I have a map and then I have a duplication of that map that shows the locations of where the big story hits are and in a numerical order based off of where you guys are going to want to be going. But in the, on this map, I have areas that aren't part of the main story that are there because it makes sense that they would be there. And sometimes people want to go off the beaten path and either find loot or just explore. And I got to be ready for that. And while certainly in the beginning of the game, there are areas that are closed off that won't be closed off later. It is possible to get beyond closed off areas in D and D if you're really lucky with your roles. And I got to be prepared for stuff like that, you know? So I'll typically convey like, it's not very likely you're going to get past this or something. Uh, if you start to inquire about something, typically I won't say anything right out of the gate. I don't want to discourage or encourage players to do any kind of action because I want it to be kind of organic. You know, D&D is about role-playing a character and being that character in those situations. So a lot of that is what would you do? What would what do you think this character would do? If you're If you're playing a character that's similar to yourself, which you absolutely can do, it can sound like you. You don't have to do voices. It can be a fucking dragonkin and sound like you. Nobody cares about that. And at the same time, it, you can play a character we that can't all be voice actors playing D and D. Right. Not only that, but it can definitely be a character that acts just like you. Where you can go into it and be like, okay, this character is going to be me, basically. I mean, it's not going to be me, but it's going to be kind of like me in the way that it would approach situations and stuff. And that's an easy thing to role play. You're just presenting yourself to the situation, kind of like playing Elder Scrolls. And not role playing a character, you know, it's you doing stuff. That's fine. I don't have any demands from people. I know that some people don't like to talk a lot. It's going to be interesting because I have three people here that, you know, don't do a ton of talking. Typically, you get one person that carries a story in a party because they do a lot of the talking. But there's nothing wrong with having a bunch of silent type heroes. <laughs> yeah. I'll do the talking. I don't fucking mind. The trick to being a D&D player, though, is just to look at the player's handbook and know what you're capable of doing. Like, all the things that you can do, all the little tricks and new and little nuances that the player can do at the request, uh, at, uh, you know, requesting that from the DM and stuff like that. It's, that's the important thing. You don't go into a situation and say, I want to roll a thievery check. You know, instead you go, I want to try to steal from this guy. And you can do stuff secretly, too. There's a lot of times where there'll be things that only you will know, that your party won't know and shit like that, information that'll come across, and you have the choice. Do I share this with the party? Uh, I'll give you a little hint of something that happened since we're rolling the story back. That um, Since we've rolled the story back to the beginning, uh, we, since we have all new players, and uh, I don't want to just piggyback onto something that, you guys don't have any information about or any connection to you know you're talking about four other characters that have come and gone and all these things i i won't give you right now exactly what happened to them because it gives away a lot of story element and some of it is going to be reused you will see certain characters used and some of them i might kill off or something like that right away and use them to that degree but i will tell you with billy's kid Billy gonna swallow his tongue taking his first <laughs> sip at the end <laughs> so there were two things I was doing with Billy's character that I won't be doing this time around, probably with anybody's character. 
just some ideas that I had because he was a rogue and nobody's playing a rogue right now. And he will be in the campaign initially, but he'll probably phase out at some point. But um, initially he ended up growing a third arm due to a spell backfiring. <laughs> <laughs> One of the wizard spells backfired from a, a critical fail. And Billy was in the process of making that spell happen. So he, he grew a third arm from it. And with that third appendage, it actually gave him an advantage in like thievery checks and things like that. But the goal there from my perspective was eventually it was going to split off of him left uh, evil dead style and have a kind of second evil Billy walking around. Right. <laughs> Who would kind of be a nemesis? Did he have a mustache. For a while for the evil version of a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> it was going to be an evil character that he had to deal with quite a bit because I like to do these little uh, side kind of things. Sometimes we might do a one-on-one role uh, campaign thing where, like, just tonight, tonight it'll just be me and Night Terror, because, and you know nobody's coming around tonight or something. So we'll it'll just be me and you doing a because when you hit Paragon. Typically, there's like a class quest that happens. And it can happen in the background along with everybody. But sometimes it's nice to be able to go, okay, we're going to do a one-on-one campaign Tuesday, you and me, for a couple hours where it's just your character experiencing some stuff in a, in a thing that's built just for you. You know, some of the things can happen alongside stuff, but sometimes you got to go away from the group or something. Yeah, sometimes and, it's just uh, a little five-on-one time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I believe you guys fought vampires last time you played with Billy and unbeknownst to the party, he got bit and he was going to, I think there were definitely some, there were spiders, but I think there were definitely vampires in the mix there at some point. Yeah. Vampire spiders. <laughs> Ram spiders. Anyway, anyways, he got bit by a vampire and he knew he was bit by a vampire. I told him and he decided to hide that from the group and Classic. that would have manifested over time. There's actually a vampire race. So can... I would have. I didn't sleep as a shard mine. So what? He's. I just come to, and he's like gnawing on my fucking shards. Like I can't. You got to hear for me. Well, I mean, like I said, there's there are certain like werewolves and vampires and things like that. There are are ways that players can become those things, and it basically replaces your race and stuff like that, and gives you new powers. And that that was the track that he was on for that. Um. <clears throat> You know, the the wife at one point picked up a book that was meant for Nim that was going to try to maybe lure him to doing some dark deeds. Uh, it was almost like a Necronomicon type situation where it just couldn't be destroyed. That kind of shit kept popping back up throughout the campaign. Like the first time uh, it, was it was attempted to be destroyed by some of the other party members. They left. Later on, it popped back up again. Party members didn't recognize it. Nim picked it up, right? Stuff like that. Shit like that can happen. So there, there's aspects of things like that I like to play around with that are not really related to the main story. But that's just as an example, that was something that was happening. I'm kind of really afraid scary. of having your wife in the party because every time she's she's extremely volatile. Like, oh. <clears throat> the one time great. I did the non-lethal on the last goblin, I really so get more information. I, really like I walk over and killed a goblin. <laughs> I love what it. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I love it so much when shit like that happens. 
Oh my God! She's and probably... Billy gets sucked down into this hole. He could be alive. He could be dead. Nobody knows. Billy's uh, just in a dark. I go follow him. I go follow what? him. Are you out of your mind? I love that you were the voice of reason in that. Oh my God! Well, actually, that was that was the weird part to me is the shard mind. It says that you don't either. You're like neutral and you don't have many emotions, but then all of a sudden you just have these outbursts of emotions. I'm like, that's perfect. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, and you can play it however you want, but some, you know, following those guidelines are pretty good too. They're more like suggestions than guidelines. Yeah, but it, it yeah. made sense because. Yeah, it made sense. What the yeah, fuck absolutely. are you doing? No, actually, you know what? Do it. Go ahead. Do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, yeah, that kind of shit I think is fucking great. But, um, you know, a, a character you won't see will be Royals avenger because we already have one in the group it doesn't make sense to keep him in the game but he was playing a deva avenger and deva are like these vessels these uh they used to be like angels basically and they're they're these vessels of their god and every time that he wouldn't show up to a night of dnd which with these fuckers it was if one one person at least that night wasn't showing up I'd have to figure out as a DM a way to not have them in the game or the story, but be able to bring them back later. So something I did with his character was he was a Deva. So he would just, his spirit would just leave that body <laughs> and it would just be a stiff body standing there for the rest of the party. So he'd come back and he'd it. have like dicks drawn over his face and everything. And <laughs> well, there's this one time that they all get captured and taken down into a dungeon. And, um, some shit happens to people and Maticus is the only person playing that night. Matt is the only one there. And uh, so he, at this point, I think Jihawk had kind of quit the game and I had his character remain back with the, some of the other NPCs and stuff story wise. But uh, Matt was there. <clears throat> Billy was there. And uh, what was it? It was a, uh, the guy that plays Nim was there. Blue. I don't remember what his real name was. I think his name was actually Mike. Uh, but but Royal wasn't there. So Matt's walking around with his character in the dark trying to find everybody. And he comes across a cage. And it's got, it's got Billy in it. And also the, you know, Royal's Deva Avenger. But, but it's just the shell. It's not him anymore. <laughs> So they just leave him there. <laughs> just leave him there because they know that he's done it before where he'll just manifest his goddess will manifest him a new body wherever he's needed or some shit. So that that's one of the way that I dealt with that. Um that was the time that Billy gained a new hand. I have some party notes here I'll read to you without uh, any of the spoiler ones. These are the original party party notes. And you guys will have access to this. You won't have these party notes because it spoils a lot of stuff. But I think the only person that was doing this for a while was Royal. And then eventually Matt did some of it. So I'll leave out. So commissioned by Drummond. Not a spoiler. That's the beginning of the fucking campaign. And then he says here, Eladrin Lord on the docks is a piece of shit and wants to run scams. (laughs) This is just the fucking party notes by the players. Uh, Karim Oris talks a lot, a lot. <laughs> All right, just a bunch of other shit. Um, 
let's see here. What do we have? They they wrote down like some of the stuff that they have. Artelios has a ruby and some sapphires. More rubies for me now. Find a dwarf. They got names of people here and the stuff that they have to do. Uh, but you you get some some pretty good stuff like. Uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, we went into some kind of burial chamber, <laughs> thinking, "Why would that be a trap?" Oh <laughs> 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 uh, God! After searching the corpses, we found some stuff. Blah blah blah. Uh, let's see. Where is this line at? Oh uh, yeah. Um, after searching the room and finding very little, at first losing Billy to a trap door, following the bending halls of a Seems to be poor, a, a pattern <laughs> for Billy. Following the bending halls to a pool of fetid water took long enough that Billy was able to catch up. <laughs> the pool housed the chest of treasures that caused the party a great amount of consternation. <laughs> consternation. Due to the chest being both a trap and the only means of passage into the next hall, this room cost Billy an arm and Nim a leg as his ankle was snapped in half. <laughs> Having left the room, Karim tried to heal the gnome, but instead furthered the injury by ripping poor Nim's foot off. So <laughs> let me explain what happened there. <clears throat> they go get trapped in a room. Billy loses an arm. This is before he grows. Th- because they try to grow his arm back, but he gets two, right? Because, and let me explain how this happens. And this is a, for people out there how D and D works as a DM. It's so fun when you get critical fails well, and critical. I got to pee hit. real quick. So just, you know, do the build up, and I'll be back in like. All right, I'll do okay, the build up for the pee. <laughs> so, all right, I can't say anything beyond that because he's going to want to hear it. Whatever, I'll I'll come back to that. So. Uh, something about watching a post uh, wanders down a great many twisting halls, come to a room filled with treasures and goods where Karim and his wisdom sought out an evil mimic and exposed it to his friends. (laughs) Uh, This is good shit. Uh, Let's see. uh, Party stones upon some interesting fellows toting and armored corpse of a supposed knight who gave his life to save them. Party seemed to distrust their story, save for Luke, who corroborated the story of the pair. Nevertheless, the party determined not to dine with the duo, but Karim offered to watch them through the night as Dola Ra would beckon him to do. So anyways, what happened with that little snippet there about the leg being ripped off is they find a treasure room hidden away. Good for them. Billy opens the door and in the process, he fails at the trap. He critical fails. Now the guy who plays Nim was here for the beginning of this day, but not the end of the day. Oh, sorry. they, They spent two days in this dungeon. That's right. So the first day, the guy who plays Nim was there, but the guy, but Royal wasn't there to play Karim. So the thing happens to Nim where he gets damaged. 
uh, it gets hurt and breaks his breaks his ankle, some shit like that. Uh, and then um, the next day he's not there, but Royal is, and they all you know they all know what's going on there with the broken foot. So Billy tries to disarm a trap to open a door and fails. Okay, he fails. He succeeds in opening the door, but not disarming the trap. So his lock pick succeeds, but he fails. To, I think he failed to check for traps. So he did, the trap just sprung on him, and he rolls a critical fail. That's a one. So I decide, well, you know, it's a critical fail. You lose your fucking arm. <laughs> that makes sense, right? Two points. So he's got. So he's, now he's got like a minus two to his hit or some shit like that. He can't do a wield whatever. Uh, Karam thinks that while this is happening, I'll fix as some, he's an Avenger. He does not have healings knowledge or spells. Okay. <laughs> he thinks he just decides I'm going to help fix his leg. I'm going to try to reset the leg. That's what he says. I want to try to reset his, uh, ankle, <laughs> his leg, his leg. I'm like, okay, <laughs> go for it. He critical fails. Okay. <laughs> You pull, you, so you uh, don't know your own strength. And when you go to pull for the reset, you rip his fucking leg off. You rip his foot off. <laughs> oh, God. So they get back to the the base, to the town or whatever they're working out of. Stop, stop helping. <laughs> <laughs> they get back to the town they're working out of. And they go to the local alchemist or whatever, and they're like, we want to fix our friends and stuff. So so the alchemist does some stuff with Nim to fix him. And Billy wants to get his arm uh, fixed. And I guess I misremembered this when I read it, when I uh, told you guys about it last time. But now that I've read the party notes, I remember that he's trying to... So Nim is the wizard. On that day, that player's back. And he tries to help him do... A uh, like re- fix his uh, no, sorry, it's uh, the um, god, who was it? Somebody was doing a role for the cleric, but the, the role is a critical and a fail, so it's a it's a double system here. So Billy has his arm, okay, Billy has his arm with him and uh, goes to put it on, so it's not like he had to grow that arm, right. And the, the heal spell criticals. They get a critical roll on the heal spell. So I think, okay, we'll give Billy an advantage. That sounds like you weren't playing with a D20, but you're just playing with like a coin, right? It's like, okay, it's going to be a crit on one side, a critical fail on the other, and go. It's definitely a D20. So he rolls a critical uh, on the heal, and so I'm like, okay, Billy, all right, you heal him so good that Billy's arm works perfectly. And not only that, he grows a third arm. <laughs> So now he has a plus two to his attack and he can triple wield like that's so that's kind of the path we took it down there and that's kind of the thing you could do with D, with D is it's so limitless in the options that you can perform not only as a player but a, a dm uh and it just opens you know i never really intended to have that evil twin thing happen until that point where I was like, we could do something cool with this, where you know maybe he doesn't like having a third arm all the fucking time. We'll get rid of it later, but it'll be part of his story element, and I think that'll be fun. And that's really the goal is to make something that people enjoy doing. 
And from a player perspective, it's just try to have a good time. <clears throat> and it is fun. It's really hard to get any number of people together consistently. As we've seen from the last two campaigns we've tried to be a part of. You're muted. What happened? What happened? What's going on? I'm being interrupted. Anyways. Anyway, yeah, we're going, so we're gonna be doing some D and D shit, and hopefully, you know, my internet's working by then, so I can stream it. I think Monty will nice. enjoy it. I think he's a little, uh, a little kind of taken aback by. I don't see that. how you can't enjoy D and D. It's fun shit. No, well, I mean that. Uh, uh, one time when I was five, my mom locked me in a closet. With D20 dice. <laughs> You're going to play with these dice until they're not fun anymore. <laughs> damn it. God damn it. All right, well, we're getting up to the four-hour mark, so probably a good time to wrap it up. But we can do some D&D stuff if... uh we still got to do any character shit. I, I need it. What did I need to do? I forgot. Well, I need a name. My strong mm-hmm. suit. What? Your strong what? <laughs> oh, yeah, I got Terrible it. at names. It is great at picking names. <laughs> I love picking names. And what man. else? What else do I have to do to be game ready? Uh, not much. I think we're at a pretty good starting point soon. I just have to finish up a bunch. Of, we might probably be starting next week or this weekend. <clears throat> well, I'm looking at right now. That's good. I'm uh, I'm off of work Thursday and Friday because the wife's got to get some oral surgery. That'll be oh, fun. So I'll be around. Did you say nerd? No, you fucking idiot. Don't even start with me. Fuck riding. <laughs> fucking bait and switch. You think I don't, you think I'm not familiar with the Kojima trolling? Oh, I'm familiar. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Why does Snake sound like an idiot? We're changing your code name. You are now designated Raiden. Uh-huh. <laughs> Eddie? Why? Eddie? Why though? <laughs> What's wrong with Snake? I want to be Snake. Uh, you're a fucking soldier, so shut the fuck up and do your job, Raiden. <laughs> <laughs> but what about Asians? Do you know what day it is? Uh, I don't know. Tuesday. <laughs> he says that. Oh my god. He actually says that. Yeah, well, what so the good. fuck is this girlfriend doing during a mission? Uh, well, we uh, we know you're on a top secret mission, Ryan, but we decided to. We need this. This game needed more relationship drama. So here's your girlfriend. Here's your girlfriend. <laughs> oh my god, what is she doing here? 
I have no fucking idea. But she's here <laughs> and she's gonna talk to you nonstop whether you want her to or not. About shit completely unrelated to the <laughs> <laughs> You remember when we first met? Uh hold what? on. I have to break this guy's neck real quick. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> I'm just paralyzed. I'm not dead yet. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm not strong enough to... Oh, God. It's just making it worse. Please just shoot me. Shoot me. Well, I can't shoot you. I don't have a suppressor. Okay, just stab me. Rip my heart out. Whatever you got. It's a gruesome death scene. Sorry about that. What were you saying, Rose? Do you remember our first date? Blood all over his uh, hands, like wiping his face. Oh, yeah. Inevitably. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what the fuck were you doing here again? You just, it's, you, all you did was, tra- all I did was training. No, not true, Jack. You were a child soldier. Oh, that's right. I'm awesome. They <laughs> called me White Devil. <laughs> and this is how he turned out. Like a- <laughs> The only thing Adolf got wrong was he didn't have Jack. <laughs> Jack, Jack, he's our man. <laughs> he can't do it. No one can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, I, I love Metal Gear Solid too, but did Rose really need to be there? Does any woman really need to be anywhere? <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> That's a joke. It's a <coughs> joke, you fucking care bear snowflake loser. It's a joke. <laughs> it's talking to you person that doesn't fuck exist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, good show, everyone. Uh, follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash the night terror for now. Hopefully that'll start back up again soon whenever Spectrum decides they feel like giving me the internet that I'm paying for, which could be the anywhere D. between two days and 200 years. Never. <clears throat> Anyone else want to say anything or wrap things up? Uh. All right. Perfect. Exactly what we needed. Uh, (laughs) white man all right everyone thanks for listening tune in next week for more rambling about something or other hey you know what if we're lucky we'll get something really newsworthy yeah aliens apocalypse aliens or the apocalypse i mean it seems like every other day they're detecting a new asteroid at norway so Matter of time. All right, cool. This is electronic gaming mostly, and uh, thanks for thanks for listening. Electronic gaming. You'll hear us next time. Fucking loser. Later.